You are listening to Thursday Nights, Season 4, Episode 56. Its walls inviting, but no location in the city more inviting than the Golden Oak for those that have the coin. Mm. Drewston, ever the uh, ever the the hermit in his uh, uh, in his tent or or larger. We decided we, we said sweet. that you did not set up your. Tent. I did not set up my tent, uh, but you did retreat oh. into a room to do many things. Drewston was a spoiled child. He knows how to use a nice living quarters. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying he's sprawled out all his shit all over? Oh, yeah, there's piles everywhere. I might went to my teenage years. You what like, you're saying is Justin is used to other people cleaning exactly. up for him. Exactly. You lock down your own room, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Bearjaw and Mock are in our room. Mock's yeah. butt with bed pushed all against the wall, so Bearjaw can Bear do calisthenics. You need room. I think there are three rooms, right? Yeah, yeah I think there's yeah, three rooms. Drewson walks into the room. The door opens. You see a clean room. It closes, swings the other way. There's maps all over the walls, piles of clothes yeah. and books everywhere. That's right. Like, oh, oh, God, that happened. So it is one night, uh, uh, and the next morning, the sun has risen. The uh, the gentle birds chirping outside of the uh, outside of the glass. Uh, the glass rooftops that are in the bathrooms. So you can hear the birds. You can hear the birds. Was it was it but open? Only, was it glass? Or but was only it the birds. You don't hear the hustle and bustle of the street below. If the bird Amazing. poops, does it just come? Kind of right. So Bearjaw is sitting in the bathroom, staring no, up, waiting Kaylin for her to poop. Asking. Waiting. I don't know. Bear, Bear, Bearjaw hasn't seen. Therefore, you don't know yet. It's a mystery. So, Air knowledge character. It's a <laughs> quick, quick clarification there. So there's three rooms. You two are bunking up. Yeah. And you claiming you're in your own room? Tristan. Tristan did not. He made a power of audibly claim a room. He assumed. He just went in and he set up a bunch of stuff. Baron links to the consider of sharing a room with Ah. the Elf Brothers, and there's like two beds in each room, and he's just like. I guess maybe Scrimcorn immediately crawls in the corner, like the closet, and starts making a den or something? And, uh, no, we haven't done the bedtime okay. explanations, but I, I want to get to Drewston, where okay. Drewston yeah. is at right now. Right. <laughs> Figure out the sleeping Drewston's piled all his shit on one bed. Yeah, so, Drewston, it is the next morning. Mock has set off, uh, Mock has set off just before the sun even rose off to, uh, he, he, he informed you guys yeah. what he was off to do. Uh, go find a, find a gem cutter and, um, uh, and, and get back into his craft. And, so, Drewston, you find yourself uh, early in the morning here. What are you doing? He wakes up with a start. Uh, nightmare of the trolls and wolves as he's had since that fateful night. Mm-hmm. Uh, finding himself in the Golden Oak is at once at peace. Like, he, he's literally got his stuff all over. It's like his tent expanded, piles of books everywhere. You don't know where all this stuff came from. Um, and then he's taken maps and notes and pinned it to the walls. Uh, and he sits up and immediately starts looking at his notes and actually goes into a, a slight fugue state as he prepares his portents. Oh, of course. Uh, of course. 
Ooh, two and seven. I better cast some nice. spells in this city. <laughs> I was yeah. hoping for big things so that I could get good, like, diplomacy rolls and stuff. No. Nope. <laughs> uh, oh, he goes, I think there's we're trouble having, ahead. We're having to go with no diplomacy and all hold present. Uh, so, does Mock still have the gem? Did he hand it off <clears throat> to Drewston? Uh, Mock entrusted it to Drewston okay. for review and he expects yes. it back. Um, Unga is in the corner. Snapping now that it's morning in her barred owl form. Um, but Drewston wakes her up anyways because he's just so excited for the new day. He says, Oh, Anga, we're in such a beautiful place. I never dreamed of seeing Silvery Moon after all those years of wandering the Sword Coast. Um, and Anga, like, opens one eye grumpily and then goes back to sleep. Um, and then immediately his his attention catches on the, the gem. He goes, Oh, uh, and he gets up and goes over to it and brings it over, clears some space from the other bed, puts it in the middle and takes out his notes. And he says, Oh, Rundel, guide my hand in figuring out what your work did here. <coughs> uh, and he takes out Rundel's journal and his own notes and starts flipping through and uses identify as a ritual. Well, identify is not going to help you so much, so. Just, just do do your ritually stuff. It's a great place to start. Yeah. It's a good place to start. Uh, so basically, he yeah. will. Yeah, the, explain, the explain the process. Are, are detect magic and identify. Just get what information you can. Yeah. But what happens is as he looks at it, he looks for little identifiers. The laws of magic in this universe are there, the, there are schools of magic. Mm-hmm. And they have symbols that allow crafters to channel their magic into it. They have certain identifiers in color, in tone, uh, in the kinds of materials you would in use. In the arcane auras. Thing. Yeah, arcane auras, and even many crafters will build on the knowledge of past crafters. So the people who first discovered these spheres of magic kind of created certain Templates. symbology that would represent it, certain designs that would entrap it that have been built upon and built upon whether those designs are true or not kind of like the idea of like fire being an element in our modern day that's not true but we still reference the element of fire or whatever uh they've built upon it so he starts flipping through all his tiny script notes all his kind of scrapbooks looking for the kinds of things that will give clues as to this Realizing it or not, magically guided as he do so, does so, as some of the books, in fact, start kind of like falling off a pile into a certain page that he would need. Uh, you know, reaching for one book, but instead grabbing another one by accident, as the knowledge itself starts to guide him towards where he needs to go. And as Drustin does this, he's finding he's finding that this that this amulet doesn't have a lot to latch on to. And, uh, you know, just in his experiments in plenty, uh, usually when something is enchanted, it's got active, powerful magic, like a blade that is magically sharp, it is obvious when it is enchanted. So, it, 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 certainly to Drusen's eye, but even to his companions, you know, people can pick it up and they can feel the sort of thrum of energy in these things. Um, the amulet didn't have that. You know, when you grabbed it, you didn't feel the powerful, magical amulet. And this isn't uh, terribly surprising to you, for if a decoy worked at all, it would have been obvious. Oh, that's... Right. Uh, Auntie Margaret seemed to not know anything about this. That's true. Um, Yeah, and and, and a decoy was... was Yeah, there is Um, a decoy. 
Um, Somewhere in there. I mean, that's uh, specifically why you're going to deep mask right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the only reason, actually. Um, so, what Justin finds is as he's as he's reaching into this amulet, there's it's not it's not catching. It's it's there's those magic those laws of magic. What he's looking for is not there, and uh, you know he's channeling it and he's doing it for 10 minutes and then 20 minutes and 25 minutes um but Justin knows that you know everything at play here this is hundreds of years hundreds of years old this is this is and the stakes here are extraordinarily high you're not trying to find out what does the snake headed staff do and who, who who should we give it to to use it to defeat our foes this is so much more as a stake it takes a little bit longer and what Justin eventually latches onto is just the slightest little glimmer deep deep inside the gem for when Justin's sort of it's not his awareness sinking into it right he's he say his awareness stays very much out is the way that you're saying mm. it's it's more that he's drawing everything around him give me a little description yeah so what's happening is I mean he senses magic just as much as anyone else does and maybe he's got kind of a nose for it too mm -hmm. um, but it's almost like uh, all it's as if all his books and notes are contributing their knowledge to him so it's just like he almost goes into kind of this fugue state in which he just knows what page to go to and can even like interpret the notes a little bit more or even his hand writes something that he didn't realize he was writing until he looks at it and there's a piece of knowledge there yeah and and what's happening in this first bit is that all that he's grasping is a book on gem cutting and uh mm -hmm. uh you know a uh uh, the the geology of rubies and uh, this sorts of things, and he's, he's in the state, and he's yeah. he's letting his awareness fall even deeper into this state. When finally, finally, his hands you know start moving and it start start grasping, and uh, and as he's sketching notes and grabbing things, he eventually comes out of it, and almost everything that he's got before him is nonsensical. It's it's not it's not that it's gibberish, it's that it's so light, it's so non-detailed. And then as he's studying this, he realizes that it is not that it is not there. It's that it's long gone. Is that whatever whatever tiny little scraps, crumbs, it is it is the crumbs of a feast long before. It is it is something was there but it is not there anymore. The clues point to a Absolutely. gap in knowledge. Uh, yeah, an absence. Not just a gap in knowledge, but he's sure that it is a gap of energy that was once oh, here. This is like a spent shell casing. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, much more like that. Not yeah, a gap so of you're knowledge. you're saying that the gem itself is, is lacking. Okay, I see. Yes. Oh. And, and, and either so... There's two possibilities that would yeah. enter Justin's mind. It is either... Uh, that it happened so long ago that there was lucky that you were able to get anything at all or that it happened that the energy was expended so efficiently and so yeah. perfectly almost any other item you guys are carrying if it got spent when that snake head runs out of or the uses yeah. it's going you'd still be able to see that there it's clumsy oh, most yeah. magic a yeah, lot of magic is clumsy like or like the wand of magic missiles this is a spent wand of magic missile yeah. you should be able to know what it is right yeah but in this case it, it was either so long ago that uh, that there's that, that it's just faded completely or that it was spent so efficiently that it would speak mm -hmm. to an extraordinarily 
high degree of control over the. And you know you wouldn't expect to like pour out a pitcher of water and have no water left in the pitcher. Yeah, like yeah. not even a drop. That would like be not even a drop. It's not wet. Yeah. This is basically cleaned out. Really this is basically the last drops like granular. This has been cleaned out, so you can't tell what liquid was in there, right? Yeah. How fascinating! He tells him. It's yeah. a vessel. Who does not reply? Um, and then uh, Anka's a little mad about being woken up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, your fault for taking the form of a nocturnal creature. <laughs> uh, uh, he looks over at his little kind of locked case that he has of all his Kumjakar knowledge, um, and also at his little collection of things from the Evermore, uh, the Evermores. And he says, Onga. I don't think we may be able to find a place for these here in Silvery Moon. Uh, and he throws them in a pack and heads out to the door. Alright. It's everyone else heading to you this morning on their first morning in Silvery Moon. You're tailored, uh, uh, well, they're not disguises, but new tailored outfits such that you don't look like you did before. Our going out clothes. Your new going out clothes. You said there was two days wait. Do we Are we saying they're here now on the first morning, or? No, I, I said, I, so I was uh, half a sentence in where I said your tailored blah 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 is a day away from arriving. <laughs> yeah, Baron had suggested let's go in pairs, let's wait for the clothes, and he sees each of his cousins just go off alone without clothes. He's like, well, fuck it. Let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mock it out the door, and then Tristan just left with a pack. Okay. Mock specifically didn't wear his armor, which was his biggest concern. He's just wearing some studded leather and normal traveling clothes, so he's he, trying to he keep learned it, nothing from Baron. He's what, trying to keep it incognito, which was the initial <laughs> the initial effort, and also wanted some nice new clothes. Scrim uh, is the least conspicuous. Conspicuous. Hmm. There's a level of conspicuacy that is unclear with Scrim. Um, uh, he's recognizable, and I believe he has traveled this this far east. Not necessarily hanging out here a lot, but he's done traveling in the area. So he's staying in until he gets his going out clothes. Conspicuous means you're obvious. He is conspicuous. Yes. Okay. He's so conspicuous. He is the most conspicuous. <laughs> Super Or highly conspicuous. I don't know. Bear does it's pretty it's conspicuous. conspicuosity <laughs> is peaking. Do you look up? That's the only answer. Ah! <laughs> um, so, he's, so he's staying in, but, he, but you guys know him. Like, he's just eating food and just... You know, planting garden. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's making a mess. Uh, yeah, we're, if we're talking about the rooms, uh, I mean, if we all get there at once, he will definitely move towards one of the rooms, motioning to his brother, like, let's get a nod to work. Scrim corn all the taking a room. Did Baron end up bunking with uh, uh, with Tristan? Uh, cleared space for you. Yeah, <laughs> seeing like, oh, the brothers in the room is like. He goes into Dressen's room. Like, after, like, Dressen's like, I'm gonna be in this room. Like, that gets done. He's like, like he's like, he Dressen, you're not slow. getting your own room. He was too <laughs> slow. Yeah, so he clears, like, he come in and already he's got all his old clothes and stuff on the bed. He's like, oh, sorry, cousin. I'll clear it off for you. And like, he just clears off one Pushes it, like, the into the <laughs> side of the wall. And, uh... Yeah, when, when Scrim is basically just staying over the day, like, he's he's making a mess of kind of his side of the room. He's made, Maybe there's, like, a potted plant. He's taking some of the dirt out and pouring some of, like, the rainbow slime or the spores he's gotten from different caves and stuff like that. Just kind of seeing what it'll take. And, like, he's preserved them thus far, but now he's like, okay, now let's see uh, 
If we can make them multiple, I'm doing it. Oh, that sounds fun. This is a lord issue. Yeah, so, uh, but he's, he's you know, pretty so. Uh, Oilvane spends the day trying to get Snoot to turn back into a puddle again. <laughs> like scaring him? He's like rolling him on like the table, like, you know, he's just like doing the thing where he just shifts him back and forth. Put him on the ground, have kind of like wiggled him a little bit like this. <laughs> he, he tries feeding him. Snoot is mostly just like panting and wagging his tail all throughout it. Yeah. He's loving this. <laughs> He's getting lots of attention and love. It's, it's loving it. It's, it's lo- loving it. It's <laughs> At one so point, stomach. its tongue uh, lolls out of its face, and then it slaps up to his eye and licks his eye and Ugh. sucks his tongue back in. Gross. <laughs> this animal's weird. What are you doing, Snakes? That's <laughs> gross. Don't do that. That's not polite. Not in front of the guests. How are you? Yeah, he's trying all different kinds of things. Feeding him various leftover foods that might be... From the day before, and uh, giving them ink, kind of like trying to like do like he's trying. To, he just like he grabs his head with his oily hand just to see what happens, and he's just like this. And, <laughs> Puts him in the bathtub. <laughs> well, don't you want to fill this? You take him to the Silver Dog Park. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think he wants to wait for his uh, his uh, time to socialize. That, clothes. His, his his play clothes. His play clothes. Mm-hmm. So. Wants to wait for his play clothes. <laughs> Scrim asks him actually want to do this. He says, does that thing poop normally? I don't think so. I mean, it just... It poops something that doesn't look like what <laughs> normally poop looks like. Yeah. I, I don't care if it doesn't here. I just... I do. I'm curious. Like, at least, if it's going to do it in here, let's not keep it in here. Or, I don't know, put it with the other poop. <laughs> all poop in one receptacle, please. <laughs> he waits for the next servant to come in. So then... oh, I think they have they have plumbing. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Just flush it. <laughs> yeah, he yeah he's he's. Don't flush the dog though. That could be disastrous. <laughs> could learn something. Stick it in the. Something tells me I'm not gonna have to turn into some kind of pipe-sized creature and follow it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, don't dog. flush it. <laughs> Scream, can you even flush the toilet? I can't. Flush it. I'm going to call it no. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Uh, Baron. Baron. Um, the term snaking. Uh, spends the morning. I mean, he, he was used to a very comfortable lifestyle living in the dwarven hold of Mithril Hall for many, many years. So having a nice bed, having hot running water. He, you know, gets in the morning, he get you know, takes He's his time, he gets dressed, he does his beard up all night, he gets cleaned up, he has some food, you know, preps his spells and all that stuff, and then he has some breakfast, and then he gets bored pretty quick. Um, uh, so he, uh, he sends a message to his father, because he's curious, because he basically left out a word. Um, so, uh, like, uh, father, this is Bern. Um, I haven't told your dad. Uh, how are things since we left? That's it. Uh, love you. Sorry for leaving on short notice. Uh, seemed prudent. Are you proud yet? <laughs> Cookie, cookie, cookie. cookie. Answer, no, cookie, cookie, cookie. He says, my son. He says, 
It is too risky to communicate regularly right now. He says, he says, send a message when you have developed, uh, when you have Something important up. new discoveries. He says, the family is under a lot of scrutiny. Could be. And that's it. Yeah, could be a long time. You want to talk to your dad? Go do something worthwhile. Uh, so after that, <laughs> boss is checked, and uh, he putters around. He sees Scrimcorn is also here, and he gets curiosity. I mean, he's a uh, Baron worships Morden. Scrimcorn worships the three witches. He wants to know what the three witches, witch, witches are all about. Like, like, um, like, okay, what's uh, what's the the uh, the theology like what's what's their origin story what are their what are their domains where thank, what thank are their, all that kind of stuff you. like so it's just sort of you know going going deep into sort of like theology nerds like talking shop about you know how how things go if scrimcorn is at all he's like if he, so if he keeps stonewalls him then he'll scrimcorn go do something else he's more than happy to you have seen that similar to to your worship of Moradin, you're not proselytizing, you're not recruiting people on the road. Um, but Scrimcorn is very open with it, but um, it's likely that you find some of the answers very unsatisfying. Hmm. Um, in that when you're asking about um, <clears throat> the origin stuff, it's, it's a, a lot of your more in-depth questions jump back and forth between either uh, no one can know or it's not our place to ask. Back and mm. forth, where like like their origin story is like I don't you know they they've been around for you know hundreds maybe thousands of years. They're not. Uh, I, I I'm actually struggling to our entire time yeah. doing it in character. But um, so so like their their goals are not um, clear to Scrimcorn, but uh, and they're. Basically, he knows he's working part of a plan, hmm. um, but he's very much like, it's not, it's not our place, not just his place, but not our place hmm. to question that. They work in in mysterious ways, and he's not like defensive about it. He's just like, you can pray to them and ask, but you won't get a response. Sure. Like I have a direct line, like we talked about before. Like he has a direct line, but he's not going to ask these questions. Right. Compared to you, where you don't have a direct line, but you're welcome to It'd approach your deity in a very different an way. You yeah. Ask um, uh, so, so you get kind of the, the feeling that honestly, when you when you're kind of asked about it, is that one impression that you might get mm -hmm. as a, a person from a different point of view in theology is that Scrim doesn't know the answer hmm. to these things, but that's part of. That's okay. That's part of That's part of the religion. sort of the theology. And he, yeah. he, he grasped that idea. He's like, okay, so yeah. there's a lot of built-in uh, mystery into yeah. how and, it functions. And, and and like he's talked about before, and he talks about the different visions he's had in a bunch, because you guys have heard little bits about these different tasks he's had, and he goes into some of them, and he talks about how like there there is a trend of like someone asks for something, and they get what they asked for, but the bigger thing that they gain is why they shouldn't have been greedy and asked for that thing. Mm. Um, and so, and it's not like going around. It's and they're not all like I'm causing mayhem for these places. It's causing mayhem for places that ask for something that want something for free. Hmm. Um, and so there's definitely a theme of punishing hubers, punishing. So greed. Sort of like gods of 
he's like, what sort of like what domains do they have interesting? Because a lot of deities are like these are like almost a like a portfolio. Yeah, like that like idea a, is not like abstract. That's a very that's been spoken about within this mythology. Yeah, yeah it's like yeah. who, what? Portfolio I mean, yeah, gods of like what? What areas do they fire? Right. So they have a focus in. So it seems to be punishing people who are ungrateful, like or un, not self sufficient, or ungrateful, asking for things, greedy, um, punishing there's, fools. There's some some level of balance more than anything. Yeah, punishing punishing greedy. Um, it's kind of like. It's almost like, from the impression you get from Scrimcorn, is that if he wasn't working for them and he lived in the woods, he wouldn't pray to them. Right. Like, he wouldn't ask them for something because he's like, the people who ask them for things get exactly what they asked for, and and it costs the them more it. it costs them more than what they got, mm. but that's kind of what they're... Um, they're yeah, they're, they're, everyone's taking out loans. Everyone's taking out these huge loans hmm. and and regretting it, and so that's why Scream is saying he says, you know, I, you know, this. I went to one house and they wanted this. That guy we met at that place wanted a baby, didn't realize that he was taking for granted everything he had, and now his life's turned upside down. Like I wouldn't want part of that. And he says, honestly, honestly, this, we've been following that hammer, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know where it's going to end up, but. Uh, I like to do as I need to in one area and then move on because mm. things don't stay friendly afterward. Mm. So, so then I, I wouldn't mean, want to use that hammer. I guess hammer. Baron's last one is almost more of a personal nature. Like a lot of being a cleric of a god is the idea is sort of like they have a goal, they have a mission, they have areas of focus and interest in. And the idea of being clear is, I guess, you're sort of like, uh, how did you come to be into their service? Like, are you? Are you like an indentured servant? Are you like trapped in service, or are you this more like uh, you you agree with their goals and their focus, and this is something you're also interested in? And there's like an alignment of purpose between you and the three witches, or are you sort of there out of duty, or like I don't know what? Can I request that that that, that question specifically is in character? Okay. I mean, it's a, it's a great one. It's great. So, ah, uh, so. I mean, you serve the three witches. Are you? you does your uh, do your own motivations align with them? I mean, are you? Do you feel the same way? Those who are the foolish should be punished, and uh, and so forth. Do you feel that they're, they're Do you, in your judgment, are the actions of the three witches just and called for? No, no offense, no offense to you. Though it sounds like you're not in this situation, but. There seem to be a lot of people who believe the world should work one way, and they find a deity who agrees with that, and they go sign up to help. And that that seems pretty self-serving to me. All right. That seems like if you think that uh, that the elves should run the world, you find a god that wants to kill everything that isn't an elf, and you say, yeah, 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 I believe in this guy, and you go, well, that's, there's, there's enough gods and goddesses out there that you can find something that agrees with anyone. Sure. Except for the god of there are no gods. Uh, (laughs) I don't serve the witches because they have some end goal that that I agree on. I believe in the witches because I was raised by them. And I know they're real. 
And I serve them because I believe in them. I mean, that's mm. the, the, the people in the woods, the people who live in the woods and the small towns and not in the big cities that, that pray to them. Well, I have no doubt that the three witches exist. I mean, I've obviously see the power of work through you, but I mean, so do all the other gods. Just their existence doesn't necessitate, doesn't necessitate your worship. Fair enough. But, uh, <clears throat> there, when, when you've seen their power at work, no other, no other choice in life makes any sense. Hmm. And he kind of shrugs, like, like he's not trying to convince you. He knows he hasn't convinced you. He's not trying to convince you and just kind of goes back to literally playing in the mud. That's what he sees. That's how he sees it. Yeah, he's okay. just like playing in the mud. He's just putting, he's mixing slime and spores together. This is the only life that makes sense to Scram. Yeah. And he plays with the mud. Yeah, and yeah, that's it. And he, so what, what you see that he's not playing is, yeah, exactly that. It's like, there's, he has not, and he actually, he says, I, I don't lay awake at night wondering what it would be like if I was a farmer. That's just not even on the table. You would be a weird farmer. I'd be a great farmer. You'd be a weird farmer. I could You would do like leech farm. I would excel at that just like I excel at what I do. And he goes back to massaging the slime into the mud. <laughs> Uh, Baron doesn't press him further than that. Uh, just fascinated to uh, to talk to people of other faiths. He doesn't, hasn't had that much opportunity over the long years of his life. Um, just because, I mean, he's he mostly in lived in a group with a bunch of other dwarves. Yeah, and if you mostly work in a Morden temple as like a family mm-hmm. job. Mostly with the, what he hears about other religions is either books about those faiths. Or uh, or what he hears from, that his own teaching teaches about those faiths. How those other gods How served Morden and made Morden look even better. Awesome. Or Morden's alliances or collaboration uh, quabbles with other gods or wars with them or all that kind of does stuff. He, so. Does he, he seem unsatisfied or frustrated by what he hears? Or is it just, just kind of like, that's weird? Uh, <laughs> it's a little unsatisfying. So like, it kind of seems like... Sort of like a person who's always lived that way and is like, well, that's just the way I do it. That's just... <laughs> it's like, well, why'd you want to be a trucker? Well, my dad was a trucker, and I always was going to be a trucker, too. And it's like... that That is the kind of vibe you get. Yeah. That is... That is yeah. You, you are an it's insightful trucker. dwarf. Trucker like, like, Jesus. Trucker is dad's a trucker. Yeah. Even yeah. if he wouldn't necessarily phrase it that way, it's kind of... Yeah. He's Does like, it at all come up? How... It's like, why wouldn't I be a trucker? How uncommon it is to worship deities like the three witches at all. Is it unusual? I mean, local deities are worshipped. That's not unusual. I think I think if if Baron recognizes that, then maybe he brings it up, but I don't think Scrim even sees it that way. Hmm. I think that and you might get the impression that he kind of he talks about it. From, from your interactions and, and traveling and, like, when he's recognized and stuff like that, it's not that he's overselling their their control and their influence, but you get the impression, and this is, like, a little bit of a meta thing, you get the impression that he might overestimate it. Hmm. He might not oversell it, but he overestimates it being, like, they're, you know, 
massive control that influence everywhere. People pray to them all over the place, but he's only interacting with people that pray to them. But sure. they might be the only ones praying to them. Like he, like he doesn't know what's beyond his own perception because he's not asking because he's not analyzing like that. You both might have to be in the same situation where you just don't know where the boundaries are. Yeah, and maybe Scrim assumes that the boundaries are pretty far. And maybe and, Baron doesn't assume much, it seems like, and so far. Actually, yeah, thank you. And Scrim, unless people want to jump in and do other stuff, I do want to continue this. Scrim says, <clears throat> so, he says, your, he says, all, all jokes aside, <clears throat> you're hoping to gain the resources and standing with your deity to bring back a loved one. Uh, I have been fairly straightforward with that. He says, is that has that been done before? I mean, is this something you haven't asked for, or you have asked for and been denied? Like, ah, uh, I mean, I've offered prayers to my God, but uh, he is—he's the God of the dwarves and of creation, and uh, as us being his favored creation, also expects very much from us. So, uh work and toil and effort is expected but also rewarded so uh i would not expect him to just i ask him for something and it is given how will you know uh i expect i will either find a person who already has this ability and i can maybe ask a favor from them or i'll have to grow myself i mean i know the that it is written in the lore that such a thing is possible. I've not heard of it done myself uh, within my lifetime, um, but it should be possible um, for someone who has grown in uh, in strength and divine standing with him. And I, I think that if I am able to... If I can be a better... A better dwarf... <laughs> Then perhaps I uh, I might be able to withstand enough of his divine power to accomplish this work. And Scrim doesn't doesn't make fun like he's he's listening and he's like and he he look, he looks like he respects it. He says that's he says the rest of your rituals and worship and your relationship with your deity. He says <clears throat> I don't know if I can relate to that, but uh, not knowing exactly why or how. But, uh, I think we're on the same page. Hmm. Uh, have some roots. There's some roots left over from last night. Oh, so I, uh, I have yeah. a question. Um, how engrossed are you two in this conversation? Like, is it... Yeah, originally you were, like, playing in the you mud. Has, it, has it transitioned like, are you, are you, to, like... Yeah. Uh, is, he, as, is he still uh, just, like... Half distracted by yeah. it, or is he about to offer Baron some drugs? So, I, <laughs> is that no, right? He points to the roots from the from the feast. Oh, gotcha. Feast was, roots, not wrong roots. My bad. The, the root yeah. vegetables. The root vegetables. I thought you were like, like smoke it up. Let's get let's get some of those turnips were very choice. <laughs> um, well, they're day old, so you get turned you're up. You're kind of like it's not that nice a gesture. Um, but uh, day old turnips. He so so you guys have seen Scrim do his stuff. Uh, slime work, slime crafting. Uh, slime mancy is uh, is a patient art. So slime smithing. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. So glad you guys got that at the same time. 
Um, he's kind of engrossing it, but it's really like as we're talking about it, he certainly yeah he he gets more involved in the conversation. It's kind of like gesturing and stuff like that. Like he's not dismissing it, being like, "Why are you asking me?" Like he's happy to talk about it, and he does like <coughs> down what he's doing, but also kind of like he's not expecting. He's accurately not expecting Baron to be like, "Wow, that's so incredible!" Tell me more. Like, do you have like a watchtower book for me? Like, he's not <laughs> like he's he's not expecting Baron to get that enthralled. So he's kind of explaining it, but he's not he's not proselytizing. No, this is much more. We're in the same line of business, oh. and I'm comparing notes. Yeah, and you said you're like you're kind of bored. Like you're bored. Yeah, and also in, I'm stuck in a house like all day. So there's you. definitely a level. So, of, like, so Baron's not planning on leaving. Until no. he gets the tailor. Yeah. So, so it's only Drewston and, and Mock that are heading Bear out. Bear planning on leaving. All right, and it, to that point, as the conversation continues, Bear Jaw, your first Bear morning Jaw. here. Well, I mean, she wakes up on the early side, you know. It's uncomfortable yeah. sleeping indoors. All right, she probably, wakes up, she probably wakes up at the same time as Mock. Yeah. Mock, who, like, by discipline, woke up pre-dawn, ready to, like, he's got things he yeah. needs to do today. I mean, she wakes up I with mean, the best intentions. The, yeah, for any sort of any sort of reseller or retailer, you want to be the first in line to oh, get good. the best I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm sleeping in the same room as you. Oh, yeah. oh so you guys sleep, wake up, like, at the same time. She sleep on the floor, though. Like, as close to, like, whatever window there is. You like, probably pulled back the rug, too. Yeah, no, definitely. No soft trappings. No, no, that. <laughs> Ah, bullshit. Threw some gravel down. It's a little, <laughs> just, bit, a little bit more little rugged. Little you don't get any cow Keep you from being yeah, soft. Yeah, softened up by these elven. No, just sleeps in her armor. carved elven elves. Sleeps in her armor with all her stuff attached to her still. I mean, just in case. muscle dissolves. need to case. find some gnarled roots to put beneath. I mean, she grabs some of the root vegetables and just scatters just them on the ground. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. like pre-bedtime caning just to make sure I like The pre-bedtime caning. It builds strength. Of course. For the suffering is Back muscles get soft. <laughs> no, no. All right. God, okay. No. So she wakes up no, early with the best of intentions. I mean, like she has this whole plan where she's gonna stay real busy in her room, like doing push-ups, calisthenics, and like working out. And like for the first few minutes, that's that's pretty satisfying. But like, so cabin, that amount of time is it takes Mock to get fever, dressed? Yeah, cabin yeah. fever sets in hard. I mean, she she didn't even like being in that little brick room that Dresden made that's up. True. That's she true. hated that thing. I mean, it's nice. Stuff. It's nice, but well, it was pretty tight quarters. Yeah, but this was, I mean, this is like a little a little room. Like she hates that so much, and it's just it's it's only becoming more obvious to her because she hasn't had a lot of that experience that she really dislikes us every time she's in a room. It's she didn't know she was claustrophobic. She didn't know because she never oh, had a chance no. to, to like do that. The caves, oh, for some amazing. reason, fine. You know, it's high ceilings. It's good. I can, I can punch the wall out. I, I can punch to. the wall. But what the fuck is this? I just carve it. So the second that like, she gets a hint that someone else is leaving, she's going to draft that. Yeah. The second so one of you, whoever it is that leaves first, she's just going to draft off of them. So it sounds like Mock is out the door first, so you're right out. Oh, yeah. So she's well, like, boom. If you're if, leaving, Mock will be like, hey, better job. If you're leaving, come with me. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. She's like, already got her stuff on and like, cool. He, he gives like a, look, a head shake and he goes, let's try to make this fast because I'm hoping to be back before Drustin wakes up. He tends to work late. And if I can get back in time, perhaps we'll, uh, we'll, we'll prevent him from... Creating another scene here, like you did enough. She nods her head with no intention of coming soul. back quickly. Um, but yeah, yeah. just mm-hmm, mm-hmm, let's get out of here. <laughs> all right, all right, off we go. She takes she takes the hammer. Of course she does. 
Obviously. Uh, you want to throw that in a, in a sack at least? Uh, uh, something uh, to... No, no, I have a better plan. She takes out one of the towels. <laughs> just wraps the towel around her fist, still holding the hammer. See, look, I am carrying towel. Mark's like, oh, we'll work on something a little more. What if it is in bag? I cannot. Regular. <laughs> Regular. She thought it was a great idea. <laughs> Good plan. And where? And so Bearjaw is leaving as well. Yeah, Bearjaw mm-hmm. walks out the door. Normal face, mm-hmm. towel hand. And so she'll no basically, mask, though, she basically. Mock and Bearjaw are gone probably before most people get out of their quarters. <laughs> um, yeah. Bearjaw reached the point of, I'm going to keep busy. I'm no gonna... way, I've got cabin fever. Okay, now I'm preparing to go out and now I'm inside. <laughs> Faster than most people will come. Mark's like, hey, look, Bear Joe wants to leave. Well, no one's ever going to stop her ever, so, like, (laughs) maybe she can just roll with me. (laughs) Are you going with Mark? Yeah. Yeah, as far as wherever he's going, unless he gets boring. Okay, so he went where we played last week. Yeah. So he goes into the the store and tells you to wait outside. Oh, yeah, she waits outside, like, like menacingly. (laughs) She waits outside menacingly. Hey, prop this wallet for me. All right, like, I got this. Give it a moment. So Mark heads inside to this down the alley. A uh, very unassuming uh, gem uh, gem wall. shop, and he's in there for a bit uh, before uh, popping back out. He says, "Oi, Verja, that went fairly well. Uh, I'll, I'll be back tomorrow morning to uh, to commence some work for this uh, this good dwarf." Oh, I thought uh, you were doing it today. Oh, then then I was, then I would stay in. Okay. Well, I, I guess I, I should just tell tell Verja. <laughs> Stay outside. I, I forgot how we left off last time. But, I, I think the idea willing, was you're ready to work. Yeah, yeah I, he, he totally is. He totally yep. is. Um, so he's like, Oi, Berja, uh, <clears throat> looks like I'll be hanging around here for some time. Got some work to do for uh, for this fine dwarf. Uh, so you're saying... He, he, he gives a look. Was... Uh, he writes down the address. <laughs> he gives it to you on a piece of paper. And he says, take it with you. He's dwarving, because I can read that. Of course. And he says... <laughs> he says... Uh, Draw a picture. <clears throat> I know you're you're you're, you're off to get your lexin uh, and uh, and poke a few noses. You you know me well. But uh, if and uh, if and you make it back to the room, let let him know what I've done and do what you can to keep an eye on Thurston. Okay, if I see him, I'll say hi. Already gone. <laughs> now in the background, Jason walks. Yes, I'm trying to set up the, the with, comedy with a bunch of bags. Jason walks by right before Bearjaw turns around and walks back out to the market. A bunch of relics and bags and like a megaphone hanging his hand. <laughs> I see I see it. It. Truth, I'm selling truth down here. As time goes on, I'm realizing that Ricka was uh, very important for Drewston's like. Continued safety. I think at the end of last session, I did RP that I was going to leave with Tristan, but Kevin wasn't here to make his call, so this is a better plan. This is the Uh, the play it must be. Yeah, if you did, I had forgotten, and so we changed it to this. Yeah, and I'm rolling with that. I'm rolling with that. Um, Because you saw Bearjaw, Nancy, ready to leave immediately, and Locke had to be like, 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 I'm not waiting. A little two people, I kind of need to... Dressin's sleeping in, Bearjaw's leaving anyways, gotta make a quick call, and I'm making quick call. now it's Dressin Unchained. Dressin Unchained. Little you know, Dressin oh, was not sleeping in, he was just deep in his fugue Yeah, space. I was just like... He was fuguing. Fuguing. Uh, fugue. You like, took a moment like to listen, not a noise coming from his room, you're and you're like, okay, okay. He's, he's fine, All right. he's fine in there, just so Bearjaw, the door shut. So Bearjaw, uh, heads. And again, the, the, and the, just to say, and just for... for uh, Keeping keeping it on a, on a low key, 
head shaver also at home. It's just Mock is a normal garb yeah. with some, some studded and, and, and his hammer, just like at the mall. It's just a really mundane weapon. Berto's got her mundane, just, you know, a her mundane three towel. Foot long warhammer. But Mock, but yeah, yeah. I mean, Mock is clearly competent and clearly a a, a, a fighter by the look. Mm-hmm. But nothing exceptional. He bought this. An open he doesn't have magical nearby. armor, not yeah, incredible nothing, yeah, I mean, just, weapon that people yeah, would like he's, flip he's out. A tough, he's a tough character. Yeah, yeah. I'll fuck with him, but nothing. Remarkable right. at first glance. Now, Bearjaw. Now, Bearjaw. Um, who also is unfettered. unassuming unfettered. for a Goliath. Correct. She is wearing the skins and leathers that most Goliaths just choose no. to wear. wearing the flaming blue helmet. Not I know. wearing that. I did, I did note that I left it at home. There's one thing, because we're so, we're pretty, we're north enough. Um, Not that there's, not that we're like up to our gills and Goliaths, but. They don't there, come down there, much. No, not there, really. There... Well, this, this is the gem of the north. This is, this is. In still in the frozen north, yeah. Silvery Moon if, is way the hell up there. It is north of Neverwinter. If, like, if, way if a Goliath had any need to go to a city, they definitely would go to Silvery Moon in over Latitude. like some other spot. Yeah, but they don't really need to much. Like they've got enough to handle generally. That's such a risky their needs. Thing. Or a but the sight of you is not notable. No, well, like you're. Right I would love like a Goliath. I would love a yes, no die as to whether or not there is another Goliath in the is city. Is there more right than now. one Goliath? Hmm. Are you the only Goliath no. in the city? Only Goliath. In the city. Silvery Moon, uh, definitely not. And and you've oh. even seen you've even well, seen one or two here or there. Silvery Moon is. More They're so, not Yeti. We, even, we described <laughs> we described Mirabar yeah. as a uh, as a diverse city, and for the towns along the Silvery Coast, certainly is more so than most. Silvery Moon makes uh, Mirabar look positively white. Um, <laughs> Silvery Moon, so white. <laughs> Silvery Moon is is the truest melting pot of all cities in this entire uh, half of the continent. Wow. Silvery Moon is probably the most diverse. It is. It is the place where people travel to from far away to to live their lives, and with its recent uh, uh, fast expansion on, the, on its south, southern end, more and more uh, people have rushed Culture to be a part and, of that. Yeah. Now that's largely humans moving in there. So actually, the number of humans moving in recently is actually shifting, is, is actually reducing that diversity a little bit as the human percentage right. population is rising. Okay. So that happens. So there weren't a lot of humans. The, 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 I said yes. I said that you saw. I did say you saw multiple Goliaths. Okay. So just the racial just thing, come. you know, um, at first glance is not solitary. enough. Hmm. Uh, it's not. It's not enough to, to kind of really set her apart. The towel wrapped hammer, maybe should be addressed still. But, you know, maybe very few people have people so approach. If, if it comes up. It will come up. So right now, no, I, 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 come I, I do up. want to say, and, yeah. and I would say that you know, if a Goliath wants to carry around anything wrapped in a towel, most people just let them do what they like. Let to them do. do what they want. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna say, hey, hey what the fuck is in what's that, that towel? towel? The Goliath says, feel free to go ask. <laughs> go ask. So Bearjaw's wearing the same, uh, you know, the same leathers and, and furs that she's been wearing for um, for Love, quite some time. Her level one stuff. <laughs> and uh, and it's got this. I mean, it's obviously a hammer wrapped in a towel, but in that, <laughs> on her. But it could be any kind of hammer. It so, Bearjaw, where are you? What are you doing? Like wandering. Mock has left. Wandering and gone aimlessly. To the thing. She she has she did not think ahead to ask the concierge where the battle. Zone. But she went left with Mock. She's like, she cool, we're going to a place. Cool, we're going somewhere yeah. fun, and then he just makes her stand outside a office. 
Yeah. He's like, I'm going to go shopping for eight hours. Cool. Like, That's definitely a drop for like, the Mark's coolness I'm going to take you to this awesome place. It's a great gem, gem crafter and blah, blah, blah. This is, this is really the place you want to go for the yeah, best stuff. She and she's just, like, she wait. Just heard, she heard bits of that, like, best spot for... Oh, awesome. And then... It's the penis yeah. teacher. Yeah, mer, mer, mer. and You're then, like, mm-hmm. uh-huh, uh-huh, right, and let's just get out Mom of here. Mom took, took you to a party that you weren't invited to. Yeah, or wanted to be at. It was Yeah. It was a totally different kind of party. Both. It was a great party. Great party for Mark. Um, so yeah, she's she pleased, pleased to be free of that um, responsibility of holding up that wall, but um, doesn't really have much of an idea of where to go. So she's going to wander around and find the roughest guy or girl that she can find and just try to find out where they fight. You know, not like okay. fight them, but like... You knew maybe... Where a, are you? A, a cruise, uh, Sounds like a streetwise check. <laughs> well, I mean... Never before in our nine years of playing has the most perfect use of a streetwise check. Would that be an actual investigation check? No, no, no. I, I, we're, just gonna, we're gonna play it out here. So you like also, you got your ass. <laughs> she's walking around. Where'd that talk. happen? <laughs> Where'd you get um, your black eye? There's no check here because is it interesting if Bear Jaw fails <laughs> to find a fun place to go? No, what's it, interesting is, is not. she finds a terrible place to go, fights people in a monastery. Oh, yeah, don't worry. Things go don't worry. terribly so, wrong. She, <laughs> you've told me what she's doing. Failure is an option. I mean, okay. bar versus warrior monks is an okay. interesting dichotomy. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> so Bear Jaw finds herself beginning to walk around the, uh, uh, the, the, the trade quarter here, um, which, is where, which is where Mach left her. Um, this is the largest open space Unleashed. in the uh, uh, the largest open space in the in the city, okay. and it's where a lot of the it's where all of these what are they called? Uh, uh, booths? We had a name for it last. Stalls. Stalls. Yeah, I think I had to get that from you last. I think you said week. the word stalls. Yeah, like all these uh, uh, these market stalls like open uh, air are, market. are set up. It's a big mm-hmm. open air market in this area, and there's also in the in the actual buildings flanking this whole area is more and more is more shops, the more mortar, established yeah. brick and mortar shops, and off into this like sort of unassuming alleyway was where this uh, where this gem shop was. Um, we keep saying the gem shop, but let's of course remember the actual name. It was called All That Glitters. All that glitters. What was the name of the, the dwarf there again? Uh, and the name of the dwarf there was, was named uh, Barvik Thranadar. I actually don't think he said his name last I don't think he did. That does not <laughs> ring a bell. I don't remember those, that, those syllables coming out of my mouth. Barvik Thranadar. Okay. Gotcha. Gem crafter. So, Barvik. Um, okay, so yeah, she finds herself uh, in the market, but in the market is clearly not where Bear John needs to be. Like, she <laughs> probably yeah. just takes the closest exit from this open air market. Yeah, wherever the most people are, that's a good place to start looking. Yeah, and Bear John finds, finds herself looking around the city. She notices what uh, uh, she notices what some of you noticed. I was going to say last week, last night. Infuriatingly peaceful nature. It is a it is a tall city. Um, It's that's also it's made non obvious by the amount of trees that tower over everything and the amount of uh, uh, groves and 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 parks that are in this place. But every building is built four or five stories up, uh, and certainly in this sort of climate, there are going to be cellars down below in all of these cities in all these buildings as well. It is Mm -hmm. a 
It is a very vertical city, but does not does not look like it when you're approaching it. It doesn't even look like it when you're walking its streets. Um, it's remarkably well built into the environment around it's probably it. Probably not like New York, right? It's just like sheer walls going up like no, square. it's not it's kind of like curved and blended. much more curved. Yeah, the architecture is uh, integrated pleasing. biology. Yeah, and the, and the architecture very much inspired by elvish construction. There's a lot of curves in the buildings. There's a lot of sort of contours that match the uh, that match the trees around it, and that's what makes it not not immediately so obvious. But Bearjaw, of course, is looking up at every window trying to find someone like being flung out of a window. That would be a good sign. That would be a very good where sign. Where she wants to go. So kind of just kind of looking around. It sounds like it's also not built for density, right? Like the whole idea of tall squares is if you take a human and you extrude them, it makes a square. So like, <laughs> you just stack that up and that's like maximum density of usable human space. But it's like, you say, hey, let's just take this and not like maximize it for human capacity. You can end up with much more interesting structures. And uh, it takes a little bit, but eventually Bearjaw runs across a, uh, a fellow that she uh, finds might be the kind of guy that has what she's looking for. Sorry, I'm he seems like he woke up like, on the wrong side of the like bed. Scars. And he wasn't like a guy. A bruise. <laughs> Missing tooth. These are all good signs. This means he's not a good fighter, but but that he fights, but and that's cool. Not, and that's good. He's probably so not he's a, somebody who fights. He's probably, he probably knows someone who can who can throw a punch. Uh. Does yeah, she sees a uh, uh, she sees a tall human male with uh, with long blonde hair. But what she immediately notices about him is that he has piercings all over his <laughs> face, forehead uh, to uh, to cheeks, so and uh, but. And that's what it catches Bearjaw's eye first. She immediately sees that and goes, that's, that's really bad stupid. for fighting. But then she sees, uh, uh, as he's wearing uh, as he's wearing very light linen that drapes over his very pronounced muscles. And uh, and she sees a, uh, she sees a heavy maul uh, on his, uh, attached to his belt, uh, which is, uh, which Could is be being... Could be glamour maul. <laughs> and, uh, and he's got this sneer on his face as he's uh, just walking down the street. Bearjaw makes unflinching eye contact until he looks in her direction. And he's walking, and then he stops in his tracks, and he looks, and he says, Hi, what's ya? Oh, how far is he? Uh, he's uh, about 15 feet away. Now, he got fairly close. Oh, he got fairly feet close. Is, 15 feet is, like, pretty darn close. Yeah. Yeah. She says, you. And he says, the fuck you looking at? I don't know yet. Can you fight, or do you just look like that for fun? Uh, uh, says, says, the fuck you say? He says, do you think I carry this around for show? And he puts a hand on it, but he does not, like, un... It's not in a sheath. It was a mall. He's not unclipping. He doesn't make an aggressive movement with it. Yeah, he just, like, grabs it. You think I carry this around for fun? I don't think much about you at all yet. But perhaps if you show me some moves, we will see if you are worth talking to. He like looks dun, around. Dun, he like dun, looks dun, down dun, the street. Dun. Looks down the, the 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 rest of the street. A challenger has appeared out of nowhere. Why are you? Dun, dun, dun. He says, <laughs> "In fucking broad daylight." What? That's not allowed. Uh, and I'm he, offering you to fight. This is friendly gesture. How? how Does her reputation as a Goliath 
in procedure? a city as orderly as this. Yeah. Uh, the guards, are we, the are guard, guards, the guards are pretty regular. They're they're walking around like you ever walk through a Skyrim town, uh, like no they're they're, like, they're like a lot of them. Yeah, they're like a lot of them. Fifty guards and NPCs. Yeah. <laughs> Very insane. What? Yeah. Let's keep that ratio here. It's an NPC, half a chance of it's a guard. Yeah, I mean, obviously not quite that much, but yeah, it's it's yes. it's uh uh. <laughs> It's a, it's a, there's a, there's a presence. They're not like heavily armored. They're just there. They're wearing a consistent uniform. Okay. This is a place that is that is considered very safe for people to be. And uh, uh, he looks around and says, "You'll get us both thrown into the lockup." And Verdad did say, "Why is that illegal? Uh, is it illegal to fight people in the street?" And he sort of says, "This is friendly gesture." He Why says, would you walk around with that if you did not want to fight people? He says, well, I fight people when it's necessary. He says, and sometime I head off to the... Are you just looking... What the fuck do you want? Berga. Exasperation. <laughs> clear on her face. She starts talking very slowly. She says, I want to fight you. For fun. <laughs> I would be terrified <laughs> if I was just a random person in the street. So I was just, I want to beat your ass. Just <laughs> are you not a tough guy? Do you want to fight? I want to kick your ass. I'm like, I need to know. Like, you like see, I'm about to be fucking robbed. <laughs> like you see, like oh, it's it's not coming across. I'll just add for fun at the end. <laughs> it's it's gotten more dire. <laughs> he says. You know. He says. I think you've got 175 pounds on me. He says, and uh, uh, and a foot and a half above. He says, if you're looking for sport fighting, I wouldn't think that's much of a uh, much of a sport. Not that I couldn't take you. He says, but do you always challenge someone that's so much smaller than you? Do you know? Not that I'm small. No. I'm very conflicted. (laughs) You do seem conflicted. You're an asshole. (laughs) Um, the answer is, I challenge people of all sizes. Most are not as big as me. It is very difficult to find someone my size. Why, do you know someone? He says, oh, I can't say that I do. He says, Do you know anyone taller than you? He says, But if you head off to the dancing goat or maybe the hammer and the helm, he says, he says, You can find a fight there. Good, you will take me there. He like looks around and he sort of shrugs and says, uh, Okay, it's just a few blocks away. I've got shit to do. Okay, my name is Berger. <laughs> this could be awesome, actually. She says, she says, I mean, normal face. My name is Normal Face. Um, awesome. What is keep, name? Keep what is you called? What are you called? Do you have a fighting name? Uh, is it? Is it? Please don't fight me if if I'm bigger than you. Uh, name's a Gowen. Gow. Win. Gowen. So you win. You win a lot. You are a f- strong fighter for such name. Is Gow the sound people say when you punch them like Gow and then win? All right, I'm going to start walking there because if we get there sooner, you'll stop talking sooner. Well, she's definitely walking and talking. This is a walking, talking conversation. And uh, he starts leading you off towards... Uh, uh, I want to see what's under my towel. You, you really got this guy on his heels <laughs> in so many ways. You really got me on my heels. 
<laughs> Greg doesn't know what it takes to interact. She wasn't thinking about that one. I think you just I bullied. was actually. I was. I loved it so much. Mm. I think you just bullied Greg into giving Bear John what he wants. Sometimes. <laughs> what she wants. Sometimes that's just what you have to do. There was a lot. <laughs> Of confusing things happening. And uh, he leads Bearjaw off. Help, guys! Um, you've, uh, you've been in the North Bank, and he uh, leads you off towards uh, uh, towards the, the tavern district where there are uh, many ale houses and uh, houses of revelry. And uh, oh, The rowdier section. That is where Bearjaw heads off. Uh, oil thing. Fade in the back. You just staying in the house all day? Yeah, you just stay in. Playing with his dog. Playing with a dog. All right, I'm gonna go to yeah. Jerusalem then. Yeah. So he's Jerusalem. been walking through the uh, the the trade square as well, the, the largest area you said. Yeah. Um, and he sees that it breaks off into kind of many sprawling areas. Yep. He goes up to one guy and asks, kind of, um, uh, I'm looking for uh, the the guild hall of merchants uh, who rent out places in this trade area. Who does he ask? Uh, just a, a friendly-looking merchant. Friendly-looking merchant. Oh yes, I yeah. Uh, uh, the the. What do you call it? The guild. The oh. guild hall. The merchants like guild hall. I, I like it. The merchants guild hall. The guild. The merchants guild hall is on the uh, the southern end of the trade district here. He says you must be new in town. Oh, I am. I've never been here before. He says, oh, do you know how to find your way north? Oh. A dwarf always knows where north is. Oh, well, if you ever find yourself lost anyway, just check out the... What? Forgot the name of it. Hang on, I've got my notes here. <laughs> he looks at the whole sign inside his chest. Oh, look at the... Uh... He says you'll find that every cistern cover in the city at every intersection has got an arrow graven into it denoting in the north in the direction. Oh, how, how clever. He says you'll find that many of the streets in here are do not move at right angles or anything like that. They are all windy and crazy. And so, uh, he says, the arrow is coming quite handy because you can walk him down what looks like a straight street and then it turns out that you've turned the whole 30 degrees. Oh, I'll thank you kindly for that. This says the merchant of math textbooks. <laughs> so very <laughs> degrees. Just like sextants on the wall. Yeah. Behind it. A sextant dealer. It's a 30 I'll degrees. Be a complimentary back. protractor. Yeah, I'll leave <laughs> it back for some of your, your wares. It'll be quite useful. <laughs> he says, uh, it says, says they are. It says, yes, a uh, uh, big building to the south. Can't miss it. Labeled clearly. Alright, so he's gonna head over, and as he's going, he's gonna kind of scout out areas that do not yet have a stall, especially areas like off, you know, within like uh, near a big grove of trees or in a random winding path. Uh, kind of pick areas that are a little bit out of the way, not in your standard um, corridor of, of thoroughfare. Yeah, area. So basically, a bad place for a business stall. Yeah, there's bad foot traffic. Yeah. So he's gonna go to the merchant hall, uh, uh, guild hall, and when he goes in, he's gonna look for where you would go in order to uh, 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 rent or purchase a space in the trade square. He gets passed from one window. Yeah. Uh, not a lot window, but one little uh, uh, like desk. Contact. Uh, one contact to another contact to another contact. On the and third has, one. Then he has to he, wait in line for half an hour for the third one. He shows up with some gems in hand and like puts them on the table and says, uh, I'll come with discoveries great and powerful 
and I want to rent a space to he show says, them. I don't care what you're here to sell. It is a dwarf with a huge oh, handlebar yes. mustache. Sweet. Uh, uh, waxed. He says, I don't care what you're here to sell. You've shown the gems. It means you know how this works. He says, come, come back into the office. And uh, come back in. He says, he says, we got plenty of stalls available. Lots of people coming to Silvery Moon these days without much coin to their name. Their stalls only last three or four weeks and then they're out. Uh, uh, he says, he says, so we got people folding all the time. He says, what are you looking for? And he uh, unrolls a map that is heavily like marked up. Uh, uh, clearly, what do they mark with? Not um, charcoal. Charcoal. Yeah, like something charcoal. Something that could be changed or something permanent. I it's mean, uh, it's like it's wiped a, off a bit and then so marked you, you again. Can scrape hide. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's what it is. It's so a huge hide. Map. It's a really big nice. hide map, and and you can see that it's it has been scraped like tons of times and passed over and over again, like indicating oh. all the sort of different stall locations in the whole market district here. Lots of fine map you have there. He says, oh, it's necessary in such a uh, for uh, sale. in such a bustling town. The map is not for sale unless you get to more of those gems. Um, he says, I'm, I'm looking to open up a, 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 a museum of sorts. Uh, what do I call it? A, a, a reliquary? Again, we do not care what it is. Uh, he says, don't care what it is. What size stall do you need? Or are you looking for a brick and mortar? No, no, no. A place for a, a very large tent. Very, how large is very says, large? Mm, a very large tent, okay. We got uh, uh, maybe three or four of those available here. Yeah. You can see here, here, these are on the main thoroughfare. And he says, yeah. these, are, uh, mm. these are quite expensive. And he oh, looks at oh, you and he I... says, I feel like you could have maybe afford these. You want to one of he these? He isn't like Patrick close in their travels. <laughs> he says, I'm Yeah, but you're also for... like British oh, gems. Yeah. I'm looking for something a little more out of the way. He says, well, this is your only option then. And he points to one that's out of the way. He says, "Done." He says, "It'll be uh, it'll be ten gold per week." Uh, and he starts rolling it back up. He says, uh, "Oh." He says, two months up front." It says, ten gold per week." Would you take two per week?" He says, "Well, I said ten gold per week, so no, I would only take ten gold per week. Two gold per week is one fifth of that." Hmm. Oh, uh, then I'll suppose I'll have to seek out a different quarter of the city. And he stands up to leave. He says, that's fine with me. Like I said, lots and lots of people coming to Silvery Moon. <laughs> I respect that, Justin. Yeah, this, yeah, is a, this is a seller's market. This is a seller's market. <laughs> there will literally be five people behind you once you leave. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah, and he's going to go back out. That's way too expensive. And he stops him as he's leaving yeah. the doorway. He says, okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. He says, I'll go five gold per week and not a gold less. Three gold, uh, and I'll take your furthest, uh, least visited space. The one that you've never sold to anybody else before. You mean... The one in the river. The old... <laughs> under the bridge? Uh, yes. The great zone. The old Perkins place. Oh, yeah. The, I... Thought there was a triple party there. Today! That sounds perfect. He says... He says, three gold per week it is. I'm right. uh, sign this contract. <laughs> right next to the dancing goat. <laughs> he says, head to the sixth stall over outside in the main room. He says, they'll draw up the contract for you. Oh. Two months, still two months due up front. Yep. Two, uh, let's see, three per week, four, two months, eight gold. Yeah, he goes over there to sign the contract. Uh, 
Eight gold? Wait, no. It's going to be 24 like, gold. 24 gold. What subject do you teach? 24 I'm gold, so that will be, he says. I, yeah. My respect uh, for your leading hard into this negotiation. Wait, that's a negotiating tactic. Yes, yes. Followed by like a straight eight gold. Eight gold. That's what he said. That's right. Eight gold. Have shake on it. So here's five and just wash your skin. did the math correctly. Um, strong, and then strong. after signing the contract and all that, he's going to ask about, uh, I'm looking for an employee to man the stall. Uh, would you have hiring here? Uh, say that again. He's looking for employees to man oh. the stall. He says, there's a board out front of, uh, of people looking for work. And he says, plenty of that around here. So he'll go out and he'll create a little post uh, saying, um... Uh, what's the job description? Uh, astute cigar. He says that's a five silver per day to put the post up on the board. Just so you know, he's just popping his head out the window. Uh, his post says astute cigar needed for a showcase of wonders and treasures. Regular treasures. Um, we'll be handling dangerous magics. Not for the weak-willed, or, You're stupid uh... stupid brain. <laughs> or simple brain. <laughs> um, <laughs> so mysterious of a job description. Those interested, okay. wait okay. for Drewston the wizard at this location. Wait, are you putting your name on it? I did, like, at the billboard? Uh, no, it'll be like at the fountain At this outside. location. Listen at here. the, uh, the Centaur's Fountain. Uh, or maybe not. How about, uh, wait for the Green Wizard at the ooh, Centaur's ooh, ooh, Fountain. Nice. I'll be wearing the green <laughs> P.S. Green ship. Wizard carries no currency during day. <laughs> <laughs> no money on. <laughs> no money. Dude, that totally reminds After me. After 10 p.m. There's like a famous job advertisement for that this guy Shackleton put out for to advertise guys who were going to join him on an expedition to the Arctic. Mm-hmm. And it like, yeah, it reads very similarly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he'll post that up there uh, to meet at uh, uh, Sun Up tomorrow. I think that'll be good. Okay. Sun Up, and you give it the date. Yeah. Uh, and then he's going to go back to the market and buy uh, 90 gold pieces worth of jade dust. Uh, you know. He goes to the jade market dust. that sells to wizards and has everything in containers worth a very specific amount and no negotiation. No negotiation. That ruins the magic. It ruins the magic. Hey, there's a sell. Give me this for 9 gold. No. Come on. I need it for 10. I need take half as gold much. market value. <laughs> Ideally, could you give me half as much for twice as much? I, just, yeah. I don't have much space in my pouch. And uh, with tax, it's ten gold, five silver. Okay, you ruined it. You ruined it. God <laughs> damn it. It was very clear how much you want to spend. Okay. It's the how much do you want to spend? So Jerston uh, sets up the bulletin. And you do you go home? Uh, and then he's actually doing shopping for the Royal Aquarius. So last time we said it cost like 200 gold piece for the equipment to set up the tent. Is that the same here, would you say? Um, Is it a bigger tent? No. It's about the same thing? About the same thing. Like, ten people. (coughs) Yeah. So he's going to go, he's going to buy it. Right. I mean, he could save some gold if you want to spend Uh, a lot of time haggling. No, he's not negotiating or haggling. 
Is this with Dresden's gold? <laughs> yes, gold. Oh yeah, Dresden's okay. gold. Just to <laughs> clarify. You're like, Dresden is the quartermaster. Uh, Six hundred and eight gold. He is actively embezzling. It's an extra yes. interesting character point. Yeah. And because Bearjaw carries all the weight, yeah. I don't think Bearjaw pays notice or cares when anyone goes in there to grab stuff. No, no. You grab a couple gems in like pack. physically are like like jerking the pack around and she's attached to it, but... So she cares more about swiftness than whatever you're grabbing out of the group. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. mostly just, you know, when we're stopped, dude. Someone's like, not when I'm Rachel, walking. did Justin come and take a bunch of stuff out of your pack? She's like, I literally do not pay attention. Dude, who's going into the pack? So, so what What if he's also okay. buying a donkey? Another donkey. Yeah, yeah, another Duma. How can you even replace Duma, though? So, sorry, 100 gold. Is worth a chip test. Uh, yeah. You're gonna name it some Kalinga? No, they're all named Duma. All named Duma? They're all named Duma. There's so many in a chain. There's so many dwarven. That way he can just prepare one repeatable. I'm Duma the Donkey. Uh, yeah. One repeatable enchantment that says I'm Duma the Donkey. Well, someone's just from the Sword Coast. Went to one reliquary. They come here, they hear, I'm Duma the Donkey. Oh my god, there's a reliquary here too? I mean, like. <laughs> Ronald sure the McDonald, the same Ronald the McDonald yeah, yeah, shows yeah. up in a lot of McDonald's. The circus of value. It's branding. It's branding. It's, it's a franchise. Duma the Donkey's Reliquary. It's like Duma, yeah, so. Duma may start charging royalties. It's Duma's believer. Duma the Donkey, Reliquaries of Truths. <laughs> Guess all this takes a couple hours. Uh, post lunchtime, he's going to head back to the room. You charge an entrance fee to go into the reliquary? I allow the employee to set the entrance fee because that's their payment. Huh. Uh, it's a franchise. Gotcha. They own the franchise. On the subject of the pack, mm-hmm. do things ever come out of the pack that Dresden has put in it? For instance, the rat that had a very high wisdom score roll once oh, that, that is, you put in the pack. No, that's with the other reliquary. That was on yeah, Duma the Donkey. Yeah, he like, took a bunch of stuff out. That is, I will, I'm going to link you guys <laughs> to what, what the about? reliquary was. There was a we rat in the Sunless so Citadel. Uh, when people go near a giant rat skeleton in the reliquary that the other guy's going to set up, Magic Mouth is going to say, giant rat skeleton. Swarms of giant rats infest underground tombs. Hunger drives the rats to attack even the most dangerous prey, avoid at all costs. Didn't mention the fact that this one was super smart. <laughs> it rolled a 20 on its wisdom saving throw. Yeah. And you're like, I need to investigate the mysteries of this rat. <laughs> Into the pack it goes. <laughs> Thought about that. Since it happened, essentially. I love that the reliquary uh, has a whole website. <laughs> yep. I'm linking you guys to it. In the Slack. And <laughs> I will link it in the Twitch chat if anyone wants to read the... Oh, you're not doing it on the domain. I, I don't know. It's whatever. It's what gets linked on mine. Oh, yeah. I'll, uh... I'll it's part on. of the site. Welcome to the library. Yeah, I'll, I'll figure that out later. Yeah. Uh, amazing. It may be because I publish it from my <laughs> Maybe so. Something. We'll, we'll figure it out in yeah. time. But it's awesome. I have linked the reliquary in the Twitch chat in case people want to see <laughs> this pretty extensive list of what's in the reliquary. Or the multiple reliquaries. Some of these aren't deployed yet. Yeah, there's one that's curved, that's going to eventually do a tour of the Sword Coast. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Evils of the Evermore. Here. Yep. And there is a portrait of someone near and dear to your heart. Yes. There's going to be a portrait of Opek. Oh. To show that not all orcs are evil. Seems like a Ripley's Believe It or Not kind of a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mermaid! Who <laughs> Perrin goes in. 
I don't believe that one. <laughs> All orcs are evil. Next. How many people are going to be like, how much other bullshit is here besides yeah. this, this orc clan? Independent of the skull crushers. Yeah, so in what he's planning is in the Kundrakar, the forge and fall of a dwarven clan. He's going to have a drawing of the Forge of Fury, as he's going to call it. Uh, he's going to have a drawing of Snowbeam's legacy and explain that in the Hammer of All Souls. He has some bones of night scale. Uh, he's going to leave the, the tome that's the history of Kuntrakar there. Not the one that says anything about Adric, but just the one that's like... That's the journal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then he's going to have a pennant of the Skull Crushers and then a portrait of Mabek. Baron would have issue with leaving the tome of the history of Kundrakar. Oh, it has not gonna, come up yet. Uh, has not come up yet. It's not set up. Someone's anything. gonna want to be like, "Yo, these guys killed the one of the Skull Crushers. We gotta let them know." I think yeah. it's more gonna be like many people in this world have lost immediate relatives to roving bands of orcs. It's like people are gonna walk in and be like, "Fuck this place." My dad got killed by orcs. I'm out of here. <laughs> or someone's going to be like, I'm an orc. Will happen. No, no, no. I saw once that there's some friendly orcs. Let's go up to him. <laughs> I saw it in the museum. I saw it in the museum. I some orcs. Regardless of what dwarven history is published, that's got to be the most controversial thing to say at a time like this. <laughs> the, uh, the magic mouth will say, portrait of Abek, orc. Not all orcs are evil. The orc Abek became loyal to the quest of the dwarves of Kuntrakar. Because he was terrified of being killed. <laughs> Walk in here. Fuck this place! Here's <laughs> <Juicy laughs> interpretation. Wait, let's find this Abbott guy and go beat his ass. <laughs> <laughs> beat him up. Currently residing with the Goliaths. Oh uh, no! Give me the show. At these right. coordinates. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> that's a point. Get back to the afternoon. Let me go to Mock. Half a day. Yeah. Tink. Tink, 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 tink. Hard work. The noise of, uh, the noise of gem cutting. Indeed. Quiet, What's so. What's Mock doing at this exact moment? Uh, He's hours into it. So, the, you know, Barovic, or Barvik, I kind of want to retcon that I didn't show my clan craftsman badge. I put that on the, and I want to know how you why, feel about why, that. Why do you want to? I, only for, only to preserve the immediate, like, the, the, the lead-in was just like, hey, I'm here to do this work and earn some trust. It seems yeah. like completely alternate to be like, he should have showed him, like, I'm a clan crafter, I'm clearly good enough to do this. Unless you think I forged this thing that implicitly says all that. Plus so he made I, the agreement I, so and I'm, then got the acceptance I'm, I'm, and then at the I'm end showed I'm happy to do it up. either way, it just seems clunky to do it the way I did it. That's my really only reservation only. Uh... Um, it is clunky. Um, yeah, th- that's it. Uh, but we can do it. However, I just I tapped it on at the end, and that was the only thing. And I, and I don't would not have done that way. I don't want to make a habit of doing this. But I'm just saying that's just something that occurred to me afterwards. Just I don't want to be making the big thing. Though. Whatever you want. I say I don't. I, I say I didn't. I didn't. You I didn't, didn't reveal. Didn't show. I just basically so. this is about the work. Let me do some work. Show what I can do. And right. do some. So what's Mark doing? So uh, <clears throat> Barvik uh, st- starts him out on the menial task. Just uh, just to get him going, and he's he's basically giving him some uh, some very it's not even gems. and it's not even Barvik that ah. is bringing him the bringing him the gems. He sends Mock to the back, and he says uh, he says my daughters will uh, uh, my daughters will set you up, uh, uh, Helena and Aurora, and uh, he says you can work with them. And he doesn't even show his face, in, like he has not yet. 
and Mox just clean, cleaning up the, some of the, the rough gems. You know, you're, you know the, 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 the gems that are coming in are in uh, extremely rough fashion. Like, you even have, like, bits of other, you know, uh, rocks kind of amalgamed onto the, 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 uh, the, the, the raw, uh, kind of, again, rough stones that we're using. So he's, like, knocking off, like, you know, bits of granite and other things and just getting down to the pure, the pure, uncut, rough, precious stone that's there, which is a basic task, but also one that requires a good amount of skill because if you've ever peeled a mango, you can peel a mango such that you get a nice amount of mango or almost no fucking mango to eat at the end of it. And so, uh, Mon- I, have, I have not peeled a mango. I do not understand this, this metaphor, but if, I feel like I need to try peeling a mango If you try to peel a mango, now. you can do it the wrong way. Imagine if you were to sad, peel sad a story. potato with like a really big dull knife. Yeah. <laughs> sad story of me making fish tacos with my wife a long time ago and being like, let's make mango salsa. Here's two mangoes and I'll take two. And I'm like, you have twice as much mango as I have at the end of this. And she's like, I'll do this from now on. <laughs> so uh, anyways, Maka does not, he does not kind of prep gems as I peel mangoes and is able to uh, show that he is very able to quickly and deftly um, produce produce a, 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 a highly efficient amount of workable stone at the end of this this kind of prep, um, this kind of rough prepping, and even even to the point where there may be even a suggestion of what could be done with the stone uh, from the way he kind of like leaves it leaves it kind of cleaner. As uh, as Mock, you know, finishes uh, finishes each stone here. Uh, uh, he's uh, he's spending all his time with Helena and Aurora, who are in the in the back here. I got a little picture of them. Yeah. Helena, uh, dressed in finery uh, and wearing gems all around her uh, uh, her neck and uh, her belt and her little what's that thing on the circlet? A little yeah. circlet on it. Uh, clearly wearing the the, the family's craft uh, uh, on her body, and she's the one that's wearing the eye magnifier. I don't know gem cutter terms. Uh, jeweler's, uh, the jeweler's, jeweler's lens. lens. Yeah. Uh, wearing uh, wearing the jeweler's lens, and she is checking each. Uh, uh, she is checking each one as uh, as Mock does it, and she's uh, she's make barely audible noises of mm, mm, yes, okay, mm, and uh, uh, sort of like placing them down carefully on a, on a cloth that's laid out uh, uh, for it, and it's uh, Aurora dressed in uh, dressed in pants and a shirt and not wearing a gem on her body, who's mostly just like leaning back, and she's near a uh, she's near the bins where there's multiple uncut stones, and uh, each time Mock finishes. She looks in, she grabs one, sort of looks to Helena with it, and they just wordlessly exchange a look, and she tosses it over to Mock. And this is just like a repeat pattern the whole time. She's just like flicking uh, stones over to him. And then uh, after Mock's been doing this for uh, a couple of hours, uh, Helena, after he finishes uh, cutting one and she she looks at it, she makes a uh, a, noise uh, to Aurora who's sitting back and goes, "Mm -hmm." and uh, she goes over to a different bin, she grabs one, she holds it up, and there's a smirk on her face. And uh, Helena nods, and she tosses it over to Mock. Mm. And uh, Helena uh, takes the last gem that Mock cut, and she actually goes through the doors into the front of the shop where uh, where Barvik is. This being Barvik, by the way. I should before. No, that's Sweezy Barvik. He's got that white eye. Oh, God. That's a... That is a. That looks like a very a, a fearsome jewel crafter. <laughs> a difficult boss to work for. 
I mean, I just didn't. I didn't assume him to be quite so powerful in his build. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's a dwarf. Let's be uh, clear. He's, he's, Even Baron, who doesn't work out, is pretty good looking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got, no, and Mock is strong, a... and this guy is like, this guy is just yeah, he's like, bustling. You must bustling. have also spent forty years as a warrior in the process of your jewel crafting mastery. <laughs> He's like, of course. Of course. And, uh, yeah, seriously. I like, punch the gems into yeah. submission. Roll a, uh, <laughs> give, me a give me a jewel crafting check here. What would this be? Yeah. What would it be? Sleight of hand. Well, yeah. so it's the ability check, and he should have his proficiency bonus because he's. Yeah, you get your proficiency thing. bonus. Yeah. Um, uh, and and you've got. Uh, so yeah, we, 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 this is not strength. This is not. This is not int because I think int would be like knowing techniques. To nah, I think it's dexterity or wisdom, and in this case, it's actually wisdom. You're okay. going with a proficient wisdom uh, wisdom check here. Excellent. I get a twelve. Twelve. Mock doesn't notice it at first as he starts working this gem uh, or working this stone. Right, stone until you sure. cut it. That's all it is. Raw gems. Yeah, yeah. diamond Lord. in the rough. Uncut. This is a this is a precious yeah. stone in the rough. It's an uncut gem using the very limited jewel crafting like, And then it's as Mock is working it. It's his expert eye that notices. And this is not a it's not a super difficult one to spot. But anyone who's not practiced in this art could easily this could pass by them. And he's he's seeing the telltale signs of a rare kind of counterfeit gem that is uh, that is used in um, that is used by ne'er wells where it is uh, it is one that can be uh, it is one that can be mined and then uh, and then a process applied to it to sort of increase the volume of it mm. it's got a uh, it's used amongst uh, certain certain entire uh, criminal organizations will use these things with wizards that apply a sort of enchantment to the stone that can sort of expand it out and it's an, it's, it's an odd substance. It's like a, a man-made diamond type of thing. Like, yeah, it's like valuable like and impressive and, and legit but for sure not of the quality and rarity. And the that, main thing that, is that, 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 that it can be sold for on the market. As its own thing, it's it's fine. It is what it is. Sure. But it is most often right. sold purporting to be something that it is not. For it looks, it appears to be a much rarer, much uh, uh, much rarer gem. And Mock sees this as he's working it. <coughs> Spot this. And, uh, and Helena walks back in from the front, uh, not holding the gem that she brought out. Mock, uh, Mock cleans it up. Uh, you know, again, performs the, the 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 kind of the requested review and simply hands it to Helena. Is the one who's been delivering the gems here, right? Yeah. Delivers it to her and he says, <clears throat> "I didn't see any of these out front that your father was selling when I stepped in, but perhaps I missed something." Uh. uh. And there were clearly some of the actual stone. That, yes. uh, that that this should have been. We'll, we'll call it a uh, 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 what's a rare stone? It's not a diamond. I don't want to go to oh, a we get emerald, opal, citrine, amethyst, topaz, a pearl. That's not a stone. Aquamarine, <laughs> turquoise. Uh, it's an Mother. emerald. It's an emerald. A pearl. It just, it just looks like just looks like an emerald. Uh, uh, and Helena and Aurora Mother. exchange looks and it's, hmm, and uh, she says, "What do you mean?" Uh, he says, uh, he says, oh. he says you, you, you seem to be well trained in the arts, and uh, this is uh, clearly a counterfeit em- emerald, and kind of offers the name of uh, 
whatever. The actual stone or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll call it a ephemeral. Uh, <laughs> not gonna call it ephemeral. We'll, we'll, we'll ephemeral would be really good though. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll call it a uh, a faux stone. No, I'm gonna call it a a fugazi. It's a good word for. I, 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 this is clearly a verdant salamander. <laughs> That's a good, like, fucking... Yeah, he says, uh, he says, uh, slippery as they come, too. I almost missed it. <laughs> she says, oh, you've got a good eye on you. Uh, he says, uh, he says, em- emeralds are a favorite of mine. I've got a few good stories for, uh, for that, that particular gem, and I, I would, uh, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't ever be, be, be trifling in their substitute. And uh, uh, she takes it from you, and she says, "A good cut." And uh, she places it on uh, one of the tools that uh, that Mock knows what it is. And she just uh, takes a hammer and then just smashes it into powder mm. and uh, and wipes it into a little uh, little bin and says, "We don't peddle in such trash." And she uh, walks to the front of the shop, and then Aurora tosses you another raw gem. Keep it, keeping it going. And it is, uh, it, it is clear, it is clear to me the fact that both Aurora and, what's the, the name again? Helena. Helena, thank you. The fact that Aurora and Helena have the time to just put Mock through his paces, it shows how, it, it kind of communicates something about the business, right? Like, this is the kind of place where they don't need to be, like, selling in volume or, like, keeping up with the trail of customers out the door. Like, they have enough freedom in their schedule to take the customers that they want and make the deals they do that gives them the freedom to spend the time to vet properly things inside their shop. Mm. There's uh, there's this kind of element to, to the tension that he's getting that helps him feel like he's making a right choice dealing with this shop in particular. Aurora, uh, as... Mock is, uh, you know, working working the next stone. Uh, he can hear her kicking her feet on the ground. She just, this whole time, she's just very, like, restless. She's literally just waiting to throw you the next gem. She's, sure. like, not doing anything else. Helena's moving around. She's, like, organizing things, preparing things. Gotcha. Occasionally sitting in front of some jeweler's tools with her, uh, with her lens, inspecting things. But Aurora's just, like, sitting by the bed, so she's gotcha. kicking her feet. Uh, uh, and she says, are you an adventurer? Mock's uh, eyebrows rise a little bit. He says, uh, "No one else is in the room right now." <coughs> he says, uh, "What um, gives you that impression, Lassie?" And by the way, she's clearly a young dwarf. She's hundred seventy-five years old. Seventy-five, yeah, young. Yeah, so past, just past adolescence. Yeah, older than Justin. Yeah, age of consent for dwarf. Wait, older than Justin? Sixty is adult. I'm sixty-five. Oh, yeah. 50 is adult. I thought 50, yeah. 50 was adolescent. 50, no, 50 is 18. Yeah. 50 is 18. Then she's, uh, uh, no, she, she's more like 45 then. Wow. She's wow. like just short of adult. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, uh... Changes box of that. Mark's like... She's... She you haven't been to Silver Moon Jail, son? <laughs> are you an adventurer? We'll give you that impression. Yeah, guys, come on. Uh, uh... She says, you have a look about you. He says, oh, I, uh, what look would that be? She says, she says, you seem like someone who's seen the world, has fought some monsters. 
says, you ever seen a dragon? Uh, he, he smirks at that one. He's like, Ugh, it's it's always the the dragons that the last that they're asking about. He says, yeah, but have you seen one? He says, uh, and I and I surely would have told you no, up until about a month or so ago. Her eyes go wide, and she sits up and stops kicking her feet, and she says, "You seen one?" Uh, he says, uh, perhaps, or perhaps these are all just tall tales. He says. Uh, uh, he says, uh, why asking about such, uh, such fantastical beasts here so far away from, uh, your safe gem crafting business here in Silvery Moon? She says, I'm gonna be an adventurer. He says, oh, tell me, tell me more. What are your plans? She says, on my 50th birthday, I'm out of here. He says, yeah? Does your dad know? Uh, uh, already picked a place? She says, Oh, I think I'll just hit the road and see where the path leads me. Like all the great adventurers in the stories. Mock smirks and he says, uh, Well, uh, there are definitely some beautiful tales there for sure. But uh, before you hit the road, I'd recommend finding some good traveling companions for doing it alone is harder than it sounds. She claps her hands and says, You mean a party? Do you have a party? He says, <laughs> he, lo- he looks around and he says, afraid I'm on my own today. She says, but when you saw the dragon, you were with a party or I wouldn't be talking to you today. Uh, he says, oh, no doubt. <clears throat> Stout companions and whatnot. Vagarism. She says, do you have a wizard and a cleric? He says, of course, of course. <laughs> she says, you're a fighter for sure. Definitely. And, and we have he a says, rogue. That's what I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be a fighter. And a warlock. <clears throat> he says, uh, "Oh yeah." He says, "And, and uh, are you trained already for uh, for that close quarters uh, combat and smelling the breath of your foe as you deal him his final blow?" She scrunches up her eyes and she says, "She says I've been practicing." He says, "I, you know, on my time. Look at my have war face." Time. He says, "She says, but I'll practice more. I've got a few years." the spirit. What is uh, all uh, your uh, your great... Uh, what, is, what does your pappy think about that? Uh, those plans here? She lets out a deep sigh and she says, he doesn't want me to, but he knows he can't stop me. He says, uh, well, I, don't, I have no children of my own, so uh, far be it from me from uh, weighing in, but my cousin has, has a couple young whippersnappers and as far as I can recall, he didn't have much much luck telling them what to do either. Uh, they didn't fall too far from the tree and are, are good good sorts. She says, well, I'm going to hit the road. I'm going to see the sights. I'm going to fight a dragon and a beholder and all the rest. Beholder? Mark, uh, Mark knows what a beholder is and he's like, you have a leg up on me. I've, I've not heard about this beholder before. But... She says, you don't read all the stories, do you? He says, the stories of the great adventurers of the old times. He says, uh, says no, I spend most of my time in the, in the shops. Uh, and he takes the gem he's looking at and he's like, these beauties here are what really, really speak to me. Just then, uh, Bar- Barvik? Yeah. Barvik. Barvik. He's too far away. Barvik. Barvik. Barvik, uh, uh, walks into the room and he says, she talking your ear off about uh, uh, about her plans to be an adventurer, mm. uh-huh. and you see her just immediately just like sort of pout and sit back and be quiet. Says, she just. Uh, <laughs> says, oh, she's uh, 
She's got some grand plans for her here in coming years. Yes. Uh, her mother names her after a fairy tale and she can't get it out of her head. He says, oh, oh I? Uh, sounds like she already knows a few fairy tales that I don't. Beholders on what? She's given me half of an education myself. What, says, uh, what fairy tale do you speak of? She says, ah, she spends every week in her, uh, she says, she spends every day often at a damned library reading uh, books for children. Uh, he says, anyway, show me what you've been doing. <coughs> so he presents the most, most recent stone and he says, uh, <laughs> Helena, <coughs> Helena has the other the other specimens and a uh, bit of a trick. Oh, no, there. they're actually right there. They're, oh, gotcha. they're, they're laid out on a, like a cloth. <coughs> Is there there's my work in the last few hours minus the uh, the salamander? He says, I don't care about the product. I care about your process. He says, How do we see it? Work. He says, Of course. Uh, and yeah, begins to again complete his cleaning of the of the of the next one, and it, it's a process. That involves as much of kind of like the uh, the physical sensation as and it is reading the light. And Barvik, with this face, he is close to mock. <laughs> His like face, if Kalen is mocked, he's like oh right there, like an inch away. I can feel away. the heat of his skin. <laughs> yeah. You feel, you feel the heat of his skin, and every time he takes face. a drag in on his cigar, he can oh. feel the heat from the glow of the uh, of the end of the cigar, Does and then the smoke noises? blow across uh, uh, Mock's vision as he's looking at the gems. Does Mock, he make any noises at all? No, he is completely silent. Mock, of no course, noises. respects this man's autonomy in his own shop and he, again, he seems to have earned many times over the ability to conduct his business as he so so chooses. But this is so over the top that Mark has to make a comment and he says, I truly can feel the heat of the forge here and it makes me feel at home. <laughs> and he continues the process and uh, he even once or twice just like, and the process of, of making sure that he is identifying all the impurities on the outside of the gem and only taking off just as much as is necessary. Part of his palpation, you know, he's just, he's feeling the stone all sides, but you also read the, need to read the light and see where it's coming through. And maybe you don't feel something, it's too fine of an imperfection, but it distorts the light on that facet. So he's like looking through the light, uh, he's like shining a light through the gem and, and feeling it. And he maybe just used the light of the pipe once or twice, just to kind of like, you know, maybe imply that they're they're working under extremely close quarters, but completes it, completes his uh, process and hands it over to Barvik. Over the uh, uh, Barvik, uh, Barvik grabs it and uh, true to his word, he sort of looks at it. doesn't even uh, doesn't even pull down his. Uh, uh, actually, he's not wearing a jeweler's lens. Yeah, he's uh, the... He just look uh, uh, looks at it, puts it on the cloth, and he says again. Uh, box. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like Mark, Baron's uh, dad. Invites Barbic to select a stone. Uh, again, he's, he's here to he's here to demonstrate his skill. So allows Barbic to choose one, but then gets right back at it. Barbic looks at Aurora and says, uh, and he doesn't say. He's just, just and uh, she goes to a specific bin, grabs a specific stone, and uh, and just chucks it over to Mock. Uh, Mock w- once again, uh, again. Exercises this process. It's a little bit of a different stone, so he's he's feeling for for different things. There's, again, for each for each gem, there are you know, specific tricks and, and and pitfalls to again preserving the most workable amount of, of 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 stone. But again, this is not you're not trying to overly you're not trying to to arrive at some any sort of specific conclusion here. You're just trying to preserve 
workable space. You're basically stretching canvas on an easel so that the painter can come and paint. So he's just trying to be efficient and he's trying to be he's trying to be uh, precise. Showing off your like ability to work with different stones is definitely something too, because like yeah. different gems have different hardness levels, and like yeah. you need to be familiar with them, or else you're gonna fuck them up. Like, yeah, the right cutting tools. diamonds is not the same as cutting emeralds is not the same as cutting rubies and not all this all. other stuff. Not at all. A um, couple questions for you. Uh, would Mox uh, clan crafter mm. tattoo? Yeah. So he, he ever make itself? He uh, doesn't have a tattoo. He just has a he has a, a symbol. It's a it's a I chisel. It was a tattoo. No, it's a it's a chisel that hangs around his neck. But it's and it's something that go. It's within his it's within his uh, uh, what kind of the tunic. Right. But it's like not something like again. If you had someone who could like read these kind of things. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, again, it's it's not out of the. It's not like this Magus like trying to roll a deception check, and it's not out the other realm of of kind of deduction. For somebody who okay. is that good, uh, um, and and Mox home is he is from Citadel Adbar, and Citadel Adbar is up in the north, is in fairly the north, close, fairly to close. Silver Moon. Okay, that's yeah. my thoughts. Um, six gems later. Okay, as Barbara continues this process, he's, it, and he, yeah, he's working that same drill, and and Mock probably would have thought at this point he'd be like, I feel like he wouldn't say anything, but he's probably thinking to himself, I could do a little more, like I. He, he knows that I can do this. Why isn't he demanding more of me so I can show that I can do more? The question is in, in his mind. He says... He sits back. Sits in uh, one of his stools. And he says, Keep going. And <laughs> he says, So, what's, uh, uh, what's a cleanse craftsman coming down here to... Uh, uh, Coming over here to Silvery Moon, looking to buy wholesale. He says, you stocking up for your own shop? Mark sits back and he says, well, cut, cuts out of the bag. Uh, uh, he says, it's not. He says, I, I assure you, uh, as I said before, I'm not looking to impinge on your market uh, by any means. He says, I don't need you to defend your word. I took it when I took it. Fair enough. He uh, says, I'm simply inquiring about your life like a polite gentleman. He says, uh, it's, uh, well met. Well met, uh, is his name again? Barrick? Barvik. Barvik. Mel- well met, Master Barvik. He says, uh, and I don't mean to, uh, stir up any, uh, any sort of controversial conversation, but as your, uh, daughter has already, has already, uh, learnt, I am, I am currently living and working on the road, and have a plans to set out for a quite a large, a uh, long journey. I myself am um, many months on the road and have been, uh, haven't had a, a regular source of material for quite some time. Arriving at Silvery Moon, I thought it, the opportunity to ply my craft again while I'm on my journey, and uh, this seemed uh, by far the best, uh, the most, uh, the most legitimate place to find good stock that I've uh, been able to find. He says, Well, you're damn right you found the best place to, uh, uh, to get what you need in that, uh, in that regard. And he says, And your skill shows me that you're worthy of, uh, of buying my stock. Buck says, It's much appreciated. And uh, uh, he says, If, uh, if and you know a little more about the, uh, the, uh, Consumers in this uh, part of the this neck of the world. It's been some time since I've sold here. That's close to home. I did most of my best work farther away. 
But if you have an, uh, any knowledge about uh, preferred gems or styles here, I'd, I'd love an insider uh, tip to maybe get me and myself off on the right foot uh, with local business. I, says, I, I plan on heading east. Where does... Oh, where's where's how east you going? Uh, well, the destination I'll, I'll keep to myself, but uh, be headed uh, on a journey of weeks, if not months. He takes a deep dragon from his cigar. It's just like this. <laughs> and and Mark kind of squints his eyes to brace for the, uh, for the poisonous cloud. And <laughs> the poisonous cloud does come. <sighs> and he says, that far east. He says, my travels don't take me that far. And he says, Fred, you're going to have to figure out the market on your own if you go that far out. Fair enough, fair enough. He says, he says, I didn't hold, I didn't hold it back from you if I knew. Uh, he says, but tell me, what puts a clan crafter on the adventurer's path? Uh, and Mark. And Mark. Aurora, you like hear her like oh sit up. Of course. And he, you know, he, he sits back a little bit and he says, uh, and he says, well, he says, given your, given your level of knowledge and, and your, Directness with me it does not make much sense to uh, to, to partly half truths. He says I'm, I'm not I'm not of of great repute at this point in my in my journeys, and I'm looking for an opportunity to get a fresh start. He says you know as well as I that the the clan crafter is uh, the clan crafter is a title that that. Uh, based on more than just the skill. And he says, and my, uh, whereas my skills remain honed, uh, my business, my business is lays fallow. He says, uh, to turn that around will take some toil yet, but a dwarf never shirks from that and I'm ready to, I'm ready to make my gains and rebuild my name. He says, I figured it was something like that. He says, I can, uh, he says, I can read people about as well as I can read gems. He says, and I can tell when a, uh, when a dwarf is, I just want to say down on his luck. He says, a dwarf is looking for redemption. He says, and that's what I see in you. Mm. He says, I can see it in the way that you use that thrill. I can see it in the way that you work the gems. He says, uh. I haven't worked too many gems in these past years, and the calluses on my hand aren't from the workbench, but... And he, uh, smiles a bit and he says, I can see that too. Uh, he says, uh, and he says, Master Barvik, in that, you, are, are you speaking yourself from experience? Greg doesn't follow what you're saying. Uh, in other words, he says, if you can read the calluses on my hands... Uh, he says, perhaps you have some experience in other professions yourself. He says, I'm an old dwarf. I've, uh, uh, he says, I've been around. He says, I fought in the war. Uh, Every old person gets to say the war. And assume <laughs> that everyone knows what they're talking about. It's just a privilege of getting there. Fought in the war. And he just sort of stares off for a bit. Yeah. 
says, I will. Uh, says, uh, no dwarf is, uh, well, is doing their duty if they, if they shy away from, uh, from the, a fight that comes to them, defending their home, defending their kin. I find myself on a path of uh, more fighting than I'd prefer, but sometimes you have to fight, fight your way back to what you want. What you truly love. Aurora speaks up for just <laughs> a moment and says... The adults are talking now. He says, See, Daddy, you fought too. He says, she says, I just want to be like... He says, You quiet now. And she slinks back down and tosses another gem to Mark. <laughs> yeah, she's Harder boss. than she she's has to throw boss. it. <laughs> she flicks it, yeah, really hard, right at Mock. <laughs> yeah. He says, um, he says, I, so there's a, there's a road ahead, but, uh, he says this, uh, uh, the, the opportunity to work some quality, some quality gems will no doubt kindle, uh, kindle all, all of the hunger I need to, uh, to get back to what I want to be. And maybe, maybe in some point, maybe in some future, if I play it right and the stones fall in my favor, I'll come back talking, to, I'll come back to Silvery Moon here looking for something truly marvelous to be made. For I have yet, I have not made something of true beauty in many decades. And that is what I really want. He, uh, takes another, uh, couple puffs from his cigar and he says, well, I can hope that you come back here when you've uh, uh, when you've made such a creation and you show it to me. He says, uh, "Well, met Master Marvik, and uh, I will I will make sure to do so. Perhaps uh, perhaps an opportunity to work together, maybe within both of our time." And uh, he stands up and he says, "The deal stands. A day of work, and uh, and he says, and you can buy my stones." It's only like halfway through the day. Totally. And he says, uh, uh, he says, he says, I'm gonna turn him to the shop. And he steps forward, and just as he steps through, he says, Hey! Look, it might be free, but loitering will cost you! As he heads to the front of the, uh, shop. Barking at the customers. It's amazing. Uh, And, uh, cutting to the evening. A crowd yeah, gathered around, cheering, yelling, beer in true, huge true, steins, true. smashing <laughs> against each other, coins being thrown from hand to hand as the crowd is shouting, Normal face! Normal face! Normal face! At the... Wait, hang on. Hang on. There's so many, so many tab references. This is a large city. I have many notes. Um, Can you play some different music? Something a little more... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, as we, uh, as we switch over here. Dum, 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 uh, you, want the, you want the jungle Something music? Like that. Yeah, I need like jungly music. Oh, you want jungling music? Uh, Something with just some good... Let's see if this works. Not quite I mean, it's enough. Got an, it's got potential. Yeah, electric to ukulele. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I asked for. It's not bad. That'll work. Okay. That'll work. We can dance to this. I mean, it's a track called "Glorious Tradition," that's and great. that is what Bearjaw is engaged in. Oh, there come the drums. We got it. All right. 
normal face, normal face. And uh, the coins are flying, the, uh, the, the beer is flowing. There are steins flying overhead, floating, uh, and a spectral hand holding them, bringing them to hands held up high, for this is a tavern where a wizard down on his luck can earn a silver per mage hand cast to what? deliver steins to their customers. And, uh, and a whole section, chairs, tables moved uh, uh, as... Uh, as Bearjaw, with the hammer of all souls laid against a wall, Bearjaw with her bare fists looking around, bringing on, uh, uh, bringing on next challengers. As another drunken patron moves in and, uh, and says, "I'll take her." I'll, I kind of picture it's like Tuesday at like 10.30 a.m. And it's yeah. like not fight night. This it's is not, not a fight night. Event. It is evening. It, I it said it's evening. 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 Yeah, it, but but it, it started right. Tuesday it started at 10 a.m. And it is now Tuesday at 5 p.m. Yeah. It's like it's like a, this is like a regular open mic night. And it's just turned into like Tuesday rumbles. <laughs> well, it always starts with with arm wrestling, and if they can even get past the arm wrestling, then she'll fight them. There's it, like has, a, it has slowly yeah. escalated throughout the day. Like, it yeah, did not yeah. start this Yeah, time. it was, you know, it was... And uh, there yeah. is cheering, there is shouting, but as each challenger comes and comes, and as Bearjaw, as Bearjaw scoffs at one mere challenger and gestures for another to come on... Or no, she'll be like, you, you, and you. <laughs> yes. Points to the three to come on and take her at once. What does this fight look like? Um, well, I mean, this is a this is a rowdy place, and it's full of broken furniture now. Now there was already like things were broken before, but now there's like significantly fewer chairs for people to sit in because that's just. Uh, but no one minds. No one minds. No one minds. There's more standing room now. It's great because there's like a big open area. They had to there like, is push. a crowd out they had the to door. Push everything there. The crowd is out the door, and people are peeking in through the doorway. Others, like street urchins, are pulled up on the windows, like hiked up with another one holding up as a street urchin is yelling down to another one yelling what is going one's on. One's on the other one's The sticks are still right there. What's it doing? It's a giant in there. What's happening? I think he's killing him. And and to, to some but now it's, now it's full on fighting. Yeah, no, it's full on. It's full oh, on. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, no, she's she's uh she's got like all the good like WWCF moves going on, you know, like getting up on whatever will support her weight at this point. I mean, it's, there's not a lot left, you know, and, like wobbly jumping, table. yeah, wobbly table, uh, jumping down, getting the people's elbow, you know, like making them cry out for mercy, which, you know, some of them do and some of them don't, you know? Like, some of them is like, they just pass out mid-fight. She's just like, okay, and, you know, chucks them to the side. And it's it's a good time. It's, it's you know, there's no malice. She doesn't have, like, a rage face on. Like, she's having a great day. And it's, like, finally something that she understands. Like, so happy. a great day. So, so help me understand... How one-sided is this? It's We're really, now like the largest city on the it's world. Been, like, it's I'm it's not, been escalating. Sure, sure, no, no, <laughs> yes. I, I, and I, I know that Bearjaw appreciates giving as much as she gets, but most of these small towns, she just cleans up and is just like left a little bit like unsatisfied. I'm curious to know if that continues to roll this way. I, I'm hopeful it doesn't. Um, yeah. 
But so far. But so far. There does, well, you know, you start it at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday. You're not right. going to get the prime fighters. They're all you're, out. You're right. You know, they're either passed well, out. You need to mobilize them from whatever they're exactly. doing. Exactly. She's, you know, kind of, she's, she's got the call out, and she's basically like, anyone who can How bring in someone that actually makes me. Before these guys show up. Well, she, she puts out a call. She's like, Amazing. listen, anyone who doesn't want to fight me but wants to, like, make some money, if you find someone who will actually make me break a sweat, like, I'll give you some money. That's see people amazing. leaning into like nearby she, bars saying, yo, 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 Neil's fighting Morpheus. Let's go. Neil's yeah, fighting Morpheus. That's, actually, that's an amazing <laughs> offer to be like, pay for paying, pay for punishment. You're like, you're like if, but you only get the money after the right. fight. Now, if it works. Throughout <laughs> all of these things, starting with arm wrestling, uh, escalating over time to full-blown sure. uh, full uh, full tavern brawling, well, uh, to, she sees that going who has led her here, has been here the entire time, and he's ah! taking the bets. He's, he's collecting the money, the he's passing it out, count he's talking about who going. can take on my normal face, challenger. That's incredible. Cool. Way to pick a bear job. She knows what she's doing. And, uh... Ted taught her everything she knows. <laughs> Amazing. And as she, uh, as she handily takes on this 3v1 fight and <laughs> smashes another table as she throws... One of these drunken fighters back. Someone uh, breaks a table the over crowd her crowd again, just erupting. Normal face, normal face, normal face. And that is when. Doom, doom. Is it stepping a, is it a Goliath? into the clearing. Oh, I hope it's a Goliath. A Goliath. Yo! Towering. A clearing. Eight foot three inches. Oh, you fucker. Slightly taller. Half a hand. Just a little. Taller than Bear Jaw. And okay. muscles that can right. rival her own as he looks and he tilts his head, crack, crack, each direction. And he uh, wrings his hands and just smiles at Bearjaw. The biggest smile. This is the smile that Bearjaw gives when she sees a dragon she's about to jump onto. That's right. And she says, Oh, my warm up finally got here. <gasps> She says that to someone who doesn't. What? Says, what? What? <laughs> can't, can't, can't. She's like, as, and was as she's saying these taunts, he just launches forward in nice. explosive speed, just going to yeah, shoulder yeah, check yeah, yeah. Okay. her body. Now it is time for the roll off. Nice rolls. Counter attack. What do I do? What do I roll? These Sorry. are going to be no 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 no. These are going to be athletics uh, uh, athletics competition here. Okay, it's all the same. It's first of three victories. Okay, here we go. Oh. Uh, that's a twenty. Fifteen. I think that's twenty-four. Yeah. Oh, yeah, twenty-four. He uh, he runs out. He's her. moving in for a shoulder check. She she moves to the side and with two hands just goes. Boom! On the back of his Star neck. Star Trek double fist. Star Trek double fist never fails. And it slams him towards the ground as his hands slam to the ground. But then he expertly turns it into uh, into a kick, trying to bring her to the ground with him. Amazing. All right. Ooh, that's gonna be a twenty-four. That's gonna. Why you also rolled yeah! natural nineteen? Oh, yeah. More two, than that. Two natural nineteens. Uh, You're the 26, which is a 24. She goes with it. She's down there, but it's on her terms. Elbow first. Boom, so right he in thinks, the solar plexus. He, he thinks he's tripped her as uh, as she, she comes down. 
but it comes <laughs> in with the shoulder and as he lets out, uh, uh, it lets out a roar. But then he turns that buckling as his body buckles in. He uses it to grapple in on her shoulder and oh, try to twist wrestling. it behind her back into a half Nelson. Oh, oh, that one he might get. Mm. Um, that's a. It's gonna be a twenty-three. It's not gonna be that much. It's a it's sixteen. And uh, he's got her in a half Nelson. That's pretty good. And he's got her, uh, got her arm, and he is pulling it up hard Ow. as he, uh, uh, as he is standing up. He's holding her entire body with just one hand as he stands oh, up and lifts really her up from behind. One, sure. And the whole crowd is just screaming. If they are saying words, you cannot hear what it's it Lord is. It's Lord of the Flies. It's pandemonium. It pandemonium yeah. has dissolved. It is pandemonium. Bear Jar herself is getting pelted with gold. People don't even know how to place their bets. They don't know how to feel Coins about this. Flying, well, more like copper and silver. Copper mostly. and silver, yeah. But, uh, Money but yeah, ejaculation. <laughs> yeah! The, the, I mean, what is the proprietor of this establishment doing? Just... Selling Joe a lot not, of alcohol. Trying to sell as much with beer as he can to recoup the damages. Trying to take an inventory like, and The damages tables. are going like this, but the alcohol sales are going like this. He's like, gotta keep selling. <laughs> I must keep selling. I think I'm still, still in the black. I think we're still making a profit on this. This one's gonna be close. And he's got like some runner like, okay, when I give you the word, you get the guards. Yeah, you get the guards. <laughs> yeah. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. There's an off switch, and he's just oh, waiting to no. throw it. Oh! <laughs> He is just holding her up and uh I'm gonna find out what happens yeah. next. Oh okay, uh that's a twenty-three. Versus his fourteen. Mm. Game over, man! Nut shot! Nut oh shot! My God. <laughs> and the half dozen to the So he is to her back. Yeah. He is to her back. Yeah, yeah. she's you know, like all you have to do is lift your leg. So he just she just lifts her leg her right heel, up. Her heel. Her heel rockets right, into his crotch. Rockets into his groin, and he just lets out. <laughs> and uh, the half Nelson is released, and he, well, he falls collapses, away like a like a rope sloughing from her shoulders. Limp Correct. to the ground as he holds it, and uh, the crowd is screaming, "Normal face!" And she uh, she, she offers to help him up. And he uh, he lifts up a hand. She she helps him up. And he uh, grips it, stands up, and then gives a uh, uh, and then gives a Goliath wrestler salute as he grabs the wrist yeah. and slams their shoulders yeah, together. Good. And he says, <laughs> "Good fight." <laughs> good fight. Good fight. You did a good job. Oh, marvelous. And uh, uh, as he Wait, uh, so close, near thing. And then uh, he takes a step, couple steps away, and he uh, he looks back as the crowd is still just screaming. The bets are being settled, and uh, uh, and he says, "I'm at the hammer in hell," and uh, walks out. Room five. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Bearjaw doesn't come over. Stays out all. Now that I've had my warm up, time for the main event. <laughs> time for the actual fight. Really should have hit him in the knees instead. Yeah, you know. Ah, he'll, he'll work it out. Yes. Top parts still work. Yeah. All right. 
didn't hit him in the mouth. Alright, let me swap back to our uh, <coughs> nice golden oak music here. So pure. So pure. That, that was amazing. Like the hardcore Spanish guitar was pretty appropriate. <laughs> was pretty good. Some guy in the chorus on Bard. Yeah, seriously, like dude, Darren Corb, like, Wiley, one of the greatest composers in the world. I'm saying right now, based on that track. Okay. Can't argue. Right. All alone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's done all the music for their Bastion, Transistor, Empire. Huh. Um. He, anyway, he does his boy. So. uh... Heading back to what have we covered here? Justin's waiting for the next day. You're back at the Golden Oak, just hanging out. Uh, yeah, he's been. What do you spend the rest room, of your day doing? You're uh, your actually crafting his little magic <laughs> mouth <laughs> copper pieces that he uses in the reliquary. So uh, he attaches it to copper. Copper. Points. Yeah, and uh, because if it has, so I'm going to just add to the world here that the copper coins have a little face on them, mm-hmm. like Abe Lincoln. Um, and if you <coughs> cast magic mouth until well, it has certain. Minted coins yes. of certain cities. Do. He's been collecting them. Yeah, <laughs> little, so little yeah. copper pennies that faces. Does he exchanges copper faces. for other. Well, he like, finds them on the ground. Or it's like if he's getting changed, he's be like, "You call any with faces on them?" Yeah. You're like, "Okay, weirdo." <laughs> yeah. Like going through the dragon horde with all the coins yeah, yeah. in different countries. Uh, like, oh, he got lots he, of coinage from different places. Because he there. hands out the coins to the different party members, so he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, "You yeah, can yeah. have from these, and I'm keeping all the ones with faces." Yeah. I love in the spell magic mouth it specifically says that if what you're casting it on has uh, looks like a mouth for example the mouth of a statue magic mouth appears there so the words appear to come from the object's mouth so the penny <laughs> appears to talk to people who come on in to the reliquary uh, and you can trust me <laughs> Uh, it consumes Jade. So what's happening in his room is he's got kind of the, uh, and he found these instructions in an old tome. He puts uh, the penny down and in the Jade dust, he actually uses, he turns the Jade dust into like an ink and on a parchment writes out what it should say, but the words themselves lift off the parchment and dust form and kind of vanish into the penny. Copper. Copper. To the this one's called a penny. Yeah, they're the ones he sees. Thurston calls pennies. them pennies. They're from another the far dimension. <laughs> he got them from a lady named Penny, so they're all pennies. Uh-huh. In the faraway land of Fay, they call them pennies. Yeah. Odd people. Yeah. yeah. Of course. He he did cast comprehend language on the strange runes, and it says, "In e God we trust." And so he's been working on that all day, <clears throat> and then eventually comes out at night. And, and he bites on that uh, that job posting. Oh, he's gonna go in the morning. <laughs> in the morning, yeah. Gotcha. It's literally a meet me at the yeah. fountain in the morning. Yeah, that's right. Which that's I right. suppose this, this in this sort of time. era, you're either giving your address, yeah, yeah, or it's a meet me someplace at some time. Ideally, you already show- have a business that you're recruiting for, and they can just come there. But that's not yeah. the case. It's show up yeah. for the job. Yeah, it's well, show up for the job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's uh, the docks on uh, fucking Saturday morning. Totally. No. Lots of work. Be there. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but a different seeing, world. Uh, I mean, uh, has everyone kind of returned to? Yeah, um, does Bearjaw return to the Golden Oak that night? No Bearjaw. That's okay. Don't be uh, ridiculous. Of course, the are here. Don't be ridiculous. All that respect that you built up. 
would have just been cashed in immediately. Immediately. Then the last person who Fuck does that. arrive that night. Well, so Jerusalem's been there a while, so really only two people are missing, Mock and Bearjaw. And yeah. Mock shows up after sunfall. Yeah. Um Sunfall? Sunset? Sundown. Sundown. That's what I was looking for. Sundown. After uh, after sundown, sundown uh Mock's uh, uh Mock's come back. To get the day's work. Told you come back in the next morning, Perfect. and uh, uh, and you can uh, do business. So Drewson lets purchase. them uh, know. Uh, he gives Mock back the gem. He says, "Your mother's gem." Uh, what did you learn? I, I did my best. I, I consulted all of my notes. Uh, used a number of spells and rituals on it. I believe at one point it had magical ability, but it seems as if it's all been used up. Every last drop of it. Uh, is that is that strange? Oh, uh, very. Uh, if I use up my magic missile, uh, my wand of magic missile, it would still be a wand of magic missile, although I actually believe it would turn into dust. But <laughs> we identify it as a used wand of magic missile, knowing still what it was at one time capable of. This, I cannot tell. Scrim walks out. You're in the common room. Yeah, yeah. Scrim yeah, walks out. So, he says, but it, but it was used for some kind of magic. That can I confirm that? Or... Yeah. Uh, what, what, what you managed to figure out is that there was, yeah, there was magic here, and it was tapped. It was tapped. Yeah. I. So it was, was wasn't magic? a false one then. It is. I mean, the, the the amount of scraps you were able to get is a testament to yeah. your ability at all. Uh, a lesser wizard surely would have said this is just a rockal gem. That's just a rock. Um, so something was something was spent. Of that you are sure now. On their beliefs, so, cousin. Is there anything more to be learned from it? Should we consult someone? Do you need access to a library, sages? The city has many resources, as I understand. I'd like to go to a library anyways to take a look at that strange rune that, uh, that... Our friend Oilvane brought back with him. You look over at Oilvane and he's in the corner. He found a dowel somewhere in the suite and he's just poking <laughs> Snoot with it who's asleep. Kind of Sleepy Snoot. Every so often. Uh, while we're there, we could also try to find any information about it. But, I mean, it's a grave secret, isn't it? Perhaps there's been something, something crafted similar, something that... Adric got his idea from. Well, maybe you can find some information about the the pool of souls, the I'm... thing uh, he mentioned in his. Uh, he mentioned the ghost. I something about the pool of souls. Grand idea. Tomorrow afternoon, we should head to the library and see. And maybe something about Oilvane. Although I don't have to get his clothes where he goes out. I don't know how welcome Drow are in this city. Oh, I'll be careful. It is an <laughs> elven city. Mark says also, and now that you've had your road, Drosten for, surely you had more uh, more to offer at, at first, but it being a gem, I, I'll, I, I'll stand to take a, a review myself and see if there's anything strange about the, the, the crafting of the material. Um, but I don't suspect so. Do you recognize the stone? Like, is it a... Yeah, what kind of ruby, a diamond or something? Yeah, so what's I mean, it look like? It's a and first pass, and uh, <laughs> it's a verdant salamander. Amazing, <laughs> Adric, you son of a bitch. <laughs> he's evil, and he's got to be dead for us. <laughs> That'd be incredible. Um, yeah, so I mean, Mock is 
He, he, he literally hadn't taken it out of his armor until we got here. And then he was given to Drustin first. Now Mok is getting the chance to spend some time himself with it. At first glance, is there any information about what kind of stone this is? Um, and Mok would intend to do some more deeper delving into like how this was made, how specifically a jeweler cut this and prepared it, etc. Like the materials side of it. But yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you, uh, give me a moment on that and keep. No problem. All right, so Mok. the stream will keep the conversation going. He's, if, if this was used up or was used as some kind of vessel or some way to transfer power, do. Do we have any confidence that any of the other gems, after all these years, would still have their power? Or do we think it was a all-in-one, all-at-once kind of deal? I mean, uh, biggest question is, what is it for? And uh, right. if we know what it's for, maybe we'd know. I mean, if Auntie Mardred's gem has been used, what what did it do to her, or to the family, or to her son? Uh, what What... What effect could it have had, and could there be some gems that have yet to reveal their power? That's the question, is if we want to start going to your your aunts. The gem is a... Jacinth. A Jacinth. <laughs> a Jacinth. What's it next to? Cousin Jacinth. That is a cousin Jacinth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty. It's a pretty, pretty gem. I think it's, it's a very, uh, very valuable gem. Uh, so on, on the same lines as a di- as a diamond. In I think world. I've been yeah. pronouncing that word um, wrong for a long time. Like it's actually mm. rare, or people hoard them and just keep them rare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, anyway, it is a, it is a, it's a very, very valuable gem, which makes sense. These were, these are very elegant, you know, uh, uh, prized gifts to Ajik's daughter. So the fact that it is an expensive, a very well-cut gem. For this part of the world, it's not local. There's not, these are not things that are mined here in the north. Um, so to obtain these materials, uh, it's a high quality. Like first glance, he whips out the, the, the jeweler's lens. You know, clarity, color, all very beautiful, high, high end here. Uh, as to how it was cut here, is there anything? I well, mean, Durgetin's work is it not? He says, "Yeah, I, I, it's Durgetin's work. I would, I would think. I don't know if, uh, if he, he, he was best renowned for his smithing work. Arundel was work. a known, a known crafter. Well, Arundel's magic, right? Arundel's magic. He says uh, his his craftsmanship may have extended also to jewel cutting, and I would have to review mm-hmm. more. Well." How about this? Does it make sense to just do a more thorough study of the gem right now, Greg, or should I should mock, plan on taking some time with that? Um, like you could how, do it now. Yeah. Well, although, does he have his? Does he have tools? So he has. He so mechanically, he has jewel cutters' tools. He yeah. always has had them. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have access to like the benefits of maybe all that glitters, where he could take it tomorrow and really get some nice things. It's up to mock what he wants to do. So. Is there no. any way would a jewel crafter leave an even minuscule uh, signature on an item? Is there any way we could get more information to find who cut it? Even from wouldn't that years? be like a mark? Isn't that seems Mark's like it'd not be a thing you'd want to be able to notice? People kind of like their gems to be all special and you know gem-like, yeah. not like. And this is written by Steve. But <laughs> there is much that can be revealed in, the, in written in the stone, and 
Dwarves can read much in a mundane stone, a doorway. You've heard us going on and on already about that. Jewels and are, on and on and on and on. And jewels take that to the next level. Mm-hmm. The, the the stories that they tell, what they can reveal about the, the, the stone and, and, and the crafters that work them. It, it goes as deep as you can look. And the better the tools and the better the trained eye, the more you will be able to read. Uh, I like, like the idea that Mock claims this. Like, oh, this is a dwarf thing, this is a dwarf thing. Sure. But really, like, for most dwarves, they're like, we don't understand gems. Like, he's that, like, that... Mock doesn't realize that this is really a Mock's specialty thing. He's for sure blinded by his own perception. He, yeah, yeah. He is seeing the world... To, Part of the He's like, oh, this through, is totally a dwarf. Through a certain lens, through <laughs> yeah. a certain lens, um, and so he is like, and, and he says, uh, I would, I would, I would, re- I would liken it to when we stepped inside the chamber where we recovered the hammer of all souls. The walls seemed unnatural, sterile, perfectly carved in angles that could not be possessed by uh, by, a, by a physical crafter. So you're not speaking of a, a maker's mark, more of a Something you could deduce from the way it was done. Like a style of handwriting, as it were, or something. The greatest dwarven artifacts were created with gems that were literally wished into existence by the gods. Stones so perfect that there is not a mark on them. Hmm. And that being one end, then you have gross dross that can be mined, you know, from the, the surface walking along a stream bed. And so everything in the middle of that would tell us something of where this maybe had come from and to what ends uh, Durgeddon or Adric went to obtain this stone. Mm. Um, whether or not the materials are significant at all to this ritual, who's to say? Or if this type of stone is especially apt for a particular type of magic. Oi. Uh, so I can... I can determine what I can with my field tools, which are good to a degree. If we want to risk, uh, I, I worked today for a dwarf named Barbic over at All the Glitters, and he's agreed to do some business with me for my own craft. He seemed like an upstanding, uh, an upstanding dwarf, other than the loudmouth daughter that he seems to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, would respect our privacy if I asked him I, I imagine if I asked to use some of his better tools to take a look it's a risk that we can decide to take together but even if I learn everything there is to this stone it may or may not reveal more about its story that's why we're in a town like this I mean there's a the possibility he has connections to Adric he's in a town he's a dwarf uh, but uh, use your judgement cousin very well. I'll bring it with me tomorrow. And we'll see if he... We'll do business and see if he's open to a... A service. As the evening stretches longer and Oil Dane continues to poke Snoot. At one point, when, Oil, when you poke Snoot with the dowel, uh, it just goes into it. <laughs> and you pull back suddenly. Is any snoot on it? And there's no snoot on it. Oh, and you poke again, and it just pokes. 
So like regular. <laughs> and he wonders, was it in his mind's eye? What did you just? I mean, it was so like it, it was like an instant. You like pulled back out of reflex, like like you were stabbing your dog by accident, and then and then it was normal again. Snoot, does he? Snoot. It does not react at all. Does He's it sleeper. react? Brother, what's going yeah, on over there? Snoot. He gives a little Snoot. puppy on, like, and it wakes up eventually if you keep yelling. He <laughs> <laughs> sort of looks up and its ears prick up. And he pokes good, again. Good boy. And then he says. <laughs> and he growls a little bit. Stop poking your dog. <laughs> you can give it a complex. Uh, as the evening uh, as the evening wears on, I assume you guys get another feast into your room. Probably more of the same. I'm gonna just Ugh. assume. Do you guys that, like variety, or do you just like the same amazing comfort food every single night? I would say more variety amongst beverage than of food. Would, are you, would Mock be looking for more dwarven fare, or would he want to like branch out into other sort of vintages? Categories of food. Yeah, I, I like. I don't think he's much of a foodie. He's Baron, so he wants what he's. Baron asks. Flexible. Oil vein. If there's any other like popular drow dishes, because he knows his wife used mm. to make him mushroom loaf all the time, which apparently is some drow dish, I'm and then he's like, maybe food. there's something else. So he, he says like. He has no idea what the names of these things are, so, like, bad descriptions or whatever, and, uh... But Olvain, like, he didn't eat finely, for sure, right? Skullport's finest. Uh, yeah, he did not Skullport's eat finely, for sure, but, um, yeah, Skullport definitely... There was still a lot of fishing going on down there, but they're, like, the weird, like... Subterranean pufferfish? Yeah. Is a common, uh, low-class food. Well, I... Uh, you can find in <laughs> street vendors. They have a list uh, of cave cave crickets, uh, dude. I mean, a <laughs> lot of people play D anD D, so you type in drow foods and you get a lot of good options. Yeah, uh, like Skullport's pretty diverse too, so there's definitely a lot of drow food that gets in there. But I'm assuming like there's probably whatever other deep denizens kind of exist. Like, I think would uh, Oil uh, would have eaten a lot of rats. It's just a uh, lot of rat street vendors in uh, Skullport. He was um, kind of like an urchin okay. for a little while, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, cave, cave crickets. Like uh, lizard is. eggs. Here's a, here's a, got it. Good protein. Perhaps, right. uh... God damn it. Dwergarfer, or maybe, uh... It fell out. or, uh, I don't know. That's... It's an intelligent race. That's definitely intelligent. Do they just eat elves in certain places? Probably. That's what they call them, Sir Nublins. Sir Nublins. Sir Nublins. Scrimcorn gets like a fruit salad, but it's a, a really bitter and sour. It's like cranberries and lemons. Oh my god. It's just unsweetened. It's just... It's just... Uh, uh, so he gets some variety. He finds other unpleasant... Scrumcorn yeah. just gets a salad, but it's all bitter melon. Yeah. melon. <laughs> yep. It is. It has an edge there. Slightly. Smurf Neblin. Smurf Neblin. No, it's a V. I know. There you go. <laughs> uh, we've got... Uh, 
Ben's the barian. So this is what uh, brought uh, some drow, drow delicacies. This is actually brought as an extra gift to the room uh, after you place your orders. Uh, you've got Menzabarian black truffle roth cheese, um, some uh, Dongirian moss snails, which is escargot and shallot butter sauce, blind cave fish caviar in mushroom caps, some Farazis infused duck egg imported from the surface realms, uh, century egg, and black velvet ear fungus. This is a huge surprise to oil vein. This is, this is yeah. all like fine drow dining. This looks like what I remember seeing in the windows of the rich people. Down <laughs> the the rich people, people when they show us what they eat. <laughs> I've never tasted any of this. <laughs> oh my gosh. What is this? It's a, it's a true feast from down below. It's a sweet urchin. A true feast from down below. Does he like it? Does he? Uh, it doesn't disappoint. I guess it's like, well, part, there's part of him that's like, what? Some of it doesn't taste too much different from just the fishy bits we ate down by the, the dock sides and, and what we could Fish find over the bins, but ah, it tastes, I mean, it, it tastes fancy. I don't really know There's a fanciness to the flavor. Tastes expensive. Oh. <laughs> I can just taste the glamour. <laughs> what it's missing is that dirt flavor. Oh, that, that day old uh, uh, sort of je ne sais quoi aged, the, the, the bottom of a waste basket it's too little it needs another two weeks in the rough rubbish bin well, someone's asking if it was brought in by, by a dro servant which actually we're talking about the city not to, not to harp on it more uh are there drow, full drow, or half drow? Drow, drow, even in a place like this, are still very, very uncommon. Very, very now, Menzabarnzen is uh, directly beneath um, Silvery Moon. Uh, not directly, but like very, very close. Yeah. It's, it, I think it's on that map. Yeah, it's like somewhere so. not too far from. Um, is that Silvery Moon? Okay, like basically like northwest of that, just slightly, is uh, Menzabarnzen in, un- in the Underdark. Um, Underdark? Yeah. yeah, in the Underdark. So uh, it, its proximity does bring up um, some some drow, but but drow are not. It's different than well, you, you're in a city like this, and you see a bunch of elves and dwarves and humans and gnomes and halflings, and they're all like living together. You don't normally see so much diversity. Drow are not very well. Uh, accepted into the surface cities. They are seen as evil. They're seen like orcs. Yeah. And so you might see and some half orcs on the street here, and for good reasons. They are generally evil. Um, this is a place of 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 absolute alignments. This is a world of absolute alignments. And objective uh, and, morality. And objective morality. It's very clean and easy. If it says evil on the character sheet, then they, they are, are evil, evil and you can kill them and not to lose sleep about it. destroyed something that is purely negative. But there are gods like, that are literally the embodiment of a literal good and a literal evil. culture is so insular. Like, it's yeah. not just that they're evil by nature, like goblins and orcs, like they are unorganized evil. These, uh, They have a culture that's so strong and, like, does not allow you to depart that culture. Yeah. Like, they will it kill you. It is very, you un- very uncommon to see someone like Oil Vane that like, is a departure from. The like Goliaths are rare and they're solitary, but the Drow are a different bit. Yeah, the Goliaths are, are a, a surface, they are a surface species. They're a surface race. They are, uh, uh, and while they are rare to see because they are very tribal and insular and don't generally travel outside the tribes, they are not a, they are only feared by, they are only feared by you don't see them very often. Does that stand true also with the dark dwarves and dark gnomes? The dark dwarves are more like the drow. 
Um, you don't generally see them. They are they are amongst all pretty much all surface races seen as evil people. Dwer Dwergar. And the Smurf Neblin. So as the evening draws later and later and you feast on your drow delicacies and your uh, and your dwarven comforts and your uh, more uh, varieties of ale brought Chatter's from ale. all sorts of uh, dwarven dwarven holds nearby uh, catch from, from the cellars and try to fill up the, the endless jug of material with one of the it just starts pouring out. Like, this is a good ale. Can He's we like, set this we, ale to that ale? We have to, we we have like, to uh, populate the correct yeasts in there to produce. <laughs> yeah, just, it's just getting everywhere. Populate the yeast. Baron is carefully sampling the various drow dishes and like, is this, does this taste familiar? Does it taste Is any of this like what his wife used to make? Was this like a dish? Is it, and a, But no hits tonight. No hits. No hits. <laughs> The mushroom wrong. log was a one-off. The mushroom. Eating with one hand while reading with the other. Jusin's probably taking it all. Of it. He probably loves it all. It's all just big different oh, yeah. places. Oh, like, fascinating. Yeah, it's all just interesting. He's like, that tastes terrible, and he takes three yeah. more so he can learn more about it. Yeah. Oh and then dissects one of them. Yeah. What is in this? What is in it that makes it so foul <laughs> tasting? I hate this. May I have another? <laughs> Stop Every dissecting your food. So horrible. I gotta know why so many people eat this. Which of um, give me digestion. <laughs> Uh, Bearjaw does not return home that night. Does this alarm anyone? Does, does anyone? I mean, it's late into the night. Baron, when when Mock returns, the last one is like, I thought Bearjaw was with you. Didn't she leave with you? I that lassie was uh, with me until I arrived at the shop. I uh, definitely gave her a note with the name of the shop in That's case right, she came. In case she came back here, but then I sent her off to go find a scrap for herself. So, yeah, it's not entirely surprising that she's not here, but uh, I don't know what to do either. <laughs> uh, I assume we may go check with the local law enforcement, or... Uh, oh. Oh, pardon me, Coulson. And uh, oh. he's going to catch Sunday. <laughs> of course. Um, Says Anga, and Anga's woken up finally and flies into the room on her very quiet wings. Lands on him and her eyes glow green. Uh, and he sends a message to Bearjaw saying, Y'all right? Shall we be worried about you or will we see you tomorrow? Cookie, 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 cookie. cookie. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. What does Tristan hear back? Um, Bearjaw says, I'm fine. Oh, she's fine. Cookie, 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 cookie. cookie, 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 cookie. <laughs> Yeah, that's how she says. She says she's fine. I'll trust her. <laughs> uh, I forgot about that handy little spell there. <laughs> Perhaps we'll send her another in the morning and see if the fine stays true. <laughs> the fine stays And uh, you uh, fall asleep with your bellies full and your, uh, your eyes and your minds set towards tomorrow. The tailor arrives first thing in the morning. When does Bearjaw arrive home? Oh, like 4 a.m. Oh, so Bearjaw 
Is she loud? Crap. She's always loud. I mean, she's Ball. quiet. Ball. It, she's anyone, <laughs> anyone who is a light sleeper is awoken by Barajah coming home. I mean, she's not like stumbling through the door drunk or anything, but she's definitely like she's just not a quiet person. Just not quite. She's uh, used to. Baron wakes up. He had kids. He's a light sleeper. He was sitting in a chair in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> So you're fine. So Baron no, so Baron He's wakes in up. his bed and he wakes up Long and he hears drugs. her come in. He hears her story and I was like, oh, okay. And then he goes back to sleep. Because <laughs> he recognizes that yeah, it's that, her and okay. The telltale thump noises of her feet going thump, thump, thump. Does she have a hammer? Oh yeah, she has a hammer. She, <laughs> she would never hammer. Have a hammer. You forget the hammer. She's like pretty much stone cold sober almost all the time. Like she's uh, the hammer's yeah. got to be worth way more than that like small slice of exercise you got. Yeah, no, it returns that. when you throw I'm it. Will it return no, if no, you no. just walk away from it? You like leave it over there and you yeah. like across the room you go like yeah it's yeah exactly. Well, what she has to do is when she puts it down, she has to just to give it a it. slight yeah. toss. <laughs> she's like, I'm. Throwing you lightly, I want you to come back in like an hour. Yeah, exactly. You just better hope you don't get distracted doing something. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It's an incredible feature. It's never happened. Yeah, no, so she's good. Alright, so Bear Jar arrives uh, home. The tailor arrives first thing in the morning. Um, That guy. uh, Like, right just pre dawn. He's got a shop to him. And uh, so he arrives just pre dawn. As there's a, a, a gentle knock on your door. Tick, 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 tick. Who would be up first? Apparently, Mock and Bear Job. Mock. Mock's up. Yeah, Kirsten's getting up and uh, getting dressed because he's got an appointment. All right, Jason, here's a door knock. It's the tailor. Yeah. He comes oh, in. Holy he's got the uh, uh, He's got uh, two servants with him to carry all of the clothing. It's heavy shit. Uh, it's not like modern clothing. No. And uh, uh, lays it on our... Also, it'll He last. takes one look at your feast table, which is still, like, covered in, like, dirty dishes and everything. And um, the servants probably take away the used ones. Uh, not till the morning. Yeah, we're crowding. You guys are, like, carousing all night. Yeah. And, like, uh, the first night, they would, like, come in to try to do it and read the scene. And it was clear that you guys like a bunch of empty, messy bowls at your table. It's part of the feast experience. It's like the after spaghetti for Scram. Like, the, old, the older the root... Right? Yeah. You need that, like, right. so one the next morning. Finally, so the after that, ready. Like, so I have to go a bite out of each of them. After then, the like, first group of servants came that first night, and your reaction was generally like, really? You're taking away our dirty dishes? Like, they didn't even come back. Yeah. They came back in the morning. <laughs> He's got a lot of those initial root vegetables from that first night. He's got a little, like, bath of slime, like, uh, yeah. soaking. Like that. It's, feeding, it's feeding the project. And, uh, and so then you, uh, the tailor drops off all of the clothing, and is exactly to spec as you uh, as you each requested, and uh, you can just grab that later as you will. And uh, <laughs> cool. Taylor drops it off and uh, takes payment of whatever he said it would be. I can't Seventy-five gold. Seventy-five gold. And uh, <laughs> and he says, oh, and if you, <laughs> I don't have a Taylor right oh, now. Oh no, not that one. And everyone got clothes. We can do it out of the group. Or uh, well, we can subtract out of the gems easily. Yeah, if we, I think we all got something. Yeah, so. yeah, already. Under duress. Under duress. Uh, Jason pays him with uh, a couple of gems. Record. Uh, yeah, and he uh, he takes them and he says uh, he says, "Oh, he's checked when I get." Uh, what was his voice? It was annoying. 
Ah, uh, he checked when I get home, and then uh, this is an annoying voice. <laughs> he was a no. That's probably it. Oh, yeah, I'm a no one. Anyway, uh, you know, uh, if you need any further service or any adjustments, of course, you can come to my shop, Yards of Thong, uh, Yards of Thread, uh, uh, off in the Trade District. Goodbye. And he leaves. Thank and you. you got your shit. Ooh, awesome. Tristan puts on his green cape that is on his clothes and says, uh, I've got an appointment. I'll be back in a few hours. Uh, is it green? Where are you going? To the centaur's fountain. Bye! <laughs> All right. Well, I don't need you anymore, Info. That's specific. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can track down Balanos, the one Grumbar said we should talk to. And, uh... And you were gonna go see if you could find a way to, uh, to get to Deepa Mask. Mascar, right? Under guide. Scrim coins doing that? Uh, well, yeah. we shouldn't go alone, despite everyone going <laughs> alone yesterday. I'll go with you, brother. I'll go take Snoop for a walk anyway. Dresden, I'll, I'll accompany you to your, the centaur, but then you'll swing by all the glitters of me afterward. Oh, I think I'd enjoy that, cousin. No, I don't think so. <laughs> 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 Super boring. <laughs> really boring. Oh, uh, I'll let it in a while, let it rust. I think that puts you with me, Better Jaw. You want to come see if we can track down this Balanos fella? Okay. Swell. Appreciate it. Maybe he will fight me. I. You might be a turtle. <laughs> you saying I cannot fight a turtle? Uh, I'm saying if you break his shell, I don't know if it'll come back. Mm. Please don't. Please don't break the shell. <laughs> <laughs> it's gross. Please don't, please don't do whatever that would do. That was only good for soup. <laughs> That's the fate of all old turtles. They become soup. And all Just six members of the ragtag group of whatever your name is, head out on your The Mound Pounders is what I heard. Nope. No, we are not the Mound Pounders. <laughs> what the fuck are you guys talking about? The Mound Pounders is because you defeated a shambling mound. But that I is was, not okay. We are not called the Mound Pounders. Kevin said it in Slack. He said hashtag Mound Pounders. We are not sticking with the Mound Pounders and we'll continue next week. And we will not be the Mound Pounders. It is very fun to say Mound Pounders. I will I, uh, give it that. I really enjoy it. I'll, I'll find a way to say it one way or another. Just not here. Uh, maybe uh, we we had a little we had a candy wolves time. Maybe after the welcome Thursday nights. Maybe a candy Mound Pounders. <laughs> 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 the candy wolves. Oh, I'm glad you were. Oh, here. you were not here for the candy wolves. You 